0: I'm down for anything.
1: The man is back. This time, you're, you're a world champion now. Some things have changed. <laughs> this time, you're a world champion though. No. Now, you got the first title. Gavin Aiden, by the way, anybody, everybody listening. But um, <laughs> you got the first title. You want to get mm-hmm. the juniors. Now we got, now we got in a whole nother kettle of fish to boil here, man.
0: That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I want to take this, this quick moment though, to thank you for having me on again. This is round two, but um, I'm just so incredibly grateful just to be here for the opportunity to speak with you gentlemen, but um, also to, to potentially have uh, people who listen in, get inspired and uh, potentially become the next world champion, you know? So it's a true honor to be here. So just want to say thank you.
1: Dog, it honors all mine, my man. Freaking, uh, you know how I feel about you, and we it world was a blast. Obviously, been in contact. You are you're a bit of a globe trotter, my man.
0: Every time I see you on social
1: media, what do you what do you what is life is good, huh? Since did in the world,
0: yeah, man. I mean, it's it's good because, um, you know, a lot of people. And I've had a lot of people say this to me, like, "Dude, you gotta, you gotta tone down the traveling, going into these meets and going into worlds and stuff." And in my mindset's the opposite. I want to travel as much as I can because I learn something new every time I do, whether it's national or international. Um, and it just makes me comfortable. You know, it's no different than like priming your body with heavy one rep, uh, one, one rep stimulus, right? So like by you know let's say on week one it sucks and you're like what the fuck your body has no idea what's going on but then by week four or week five you're like okay we're cruising you know you, and you can kind of amp it up a little bit same thing with like everything else so um i've been incredibly uh, blessed to have the ability to travel as much as i have been but it's half of its business half of it's definitely more like networking and, and meeting new people and stuff um uh and the other half is kind of you know more fun but either way i'm learning every time i do so i'm trying to travel as much as i can
1: doggone the same way with drinking
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> same way we're drinking. I get the worlds.
1: People like you two weeks at it,
2: dog. What do you think?
1: My first rodeo. I'm ready for this, son. I'm
2: ready for this. Yeah, um, awesome. When you we're, well, I was, just, I was just gonna jump in real quick, Ryan. When yeah. you mean when you mean learning to like give some more information, to people. I know you're doing like networking and you're meeting people and that kind of stuff. But do you also mean like learning how your body reacts when you take different flights, like different time zones, and what it means to train the same day that you land versus the next day? Those kinds of things.
0: Yeah, dude, absolutely. And the biggest thing is really just um, focus, right? So like, I don't know, you guys probably have felt this before, but like you ever go somewhere, it could be literally five minutes down the road, but it's just a new place, a new gym, new atmosphere, people that you haven't seen in a while. There's like almost like a buzz in the air, right? There's excitement, you forget you forget who you are in a way, right? Like you forget how you normally approach the bar, you forget your, your normal tendencies. And that is something that I have because of traveling, I've been able to grow accustomed to, and now have been able to center myself no matter where I am, no matter where I go. Um, and that's the biggest thing, um, being able to stay centered, no matter what's going on, no matter the environment or circumstance, or even the people, right? Like worlds. We were just talking about this. It's going to be a battle, you know, and you're going to have the best lifters in the world. there in the same warm up area. Um, and during that time, we're going to want to rip each other's throats out, you know, so that there's a lot of pressure there. How do you stay centered? Well, for me again, like when I am traveling and I'm going to San Antonio to train with Jesus and Lugo, um, and Mikey, you know, and, I, and I'm going down to, to Florida to train with some really big, strong, untested guys, you know, and, and I'm going all these places. It's like, it really does force you to find ways to stay centered. So that's the biggest thing. Um, Beyond that, I mean, to be honest with you, the only international flight I've gotten to do since Worlds is USVI. So that was one lesson. There were a lot of stuff. There's a, there's a lot of things in that trip that I learned. Um, and that I'm incredibly grateful that I got the opportunity to take that trip and learn those lessons then. Um, but yeah, dude, it's a combination of everything. And I strongly encourage any athlete who wants to compete internationally, uh, to, to be traveling as much as they can, because yeah, dude, if everything from those time zone changes to finding food, knowing how your body reacts to, you know, to dehydration versus, you know, taking in too much sodium during these flights, like all that stuff, it's very important. So yeah, hundred percent.
1: And, and it's true that, like, the more you get used to things, um, I know, like, the first time you when, you, when you're not used to go, like, flying around, getting on and off planes, how it affects you, you know, sleeping in hotels and whatnot, it is a whole game changer. It's better to get used to it. But what were some of the things you were doing? Because I saw you, you were doing um, sponsorship deals, you were at the Zoo Culture, mm-hmm. I saw you with Bradley Martin, uh, yeah. Jessica Bittner. And, like, um, you were all you've been all over the place, man.
0: Yeah, you got a touring agent or something, (laughs) What is going on? We're working on it, we're working on it. (laughs) No, man, I, um, like I said, I've been incredibly blessed with the opportunity to to travel and to do these things. And in part, it really is the business stuff, the networking stuff, um, getting content, meeting new people, uh, meeting influencers in the space. Um, I think I want to say I've flown maybe five different times since January, so I had raw gear. Uh, we had a whole, all the athletes flew out for raw gear in LA. Um, so we spent the week with the zoo culture team, with Brad, with everybody. And then from there, I went to Texas. I went to Austin for a Jordan Peterson live talk. Um, he's somebody I've been listening to for a little bit. So I wanted to see him live. And then I made the trip down to San Antonio to train, uh, with some friends. And then, uh, man, where do we go next? I think it was Miami for the ghost clash. Um, Mm. and that's where I was with Jessica Bittner. Um, and a couple of the other like Monica Grant a lot of the other influencers are in that space as well so we had a good time there and then um, I went to USVI and then the Arnold so yeah so definitely been around (laughs) definitely been around but it's it's been dope man it's been so fucking dope and I'm so grateful for it because you just keep growing you know you are the crowd you keep and if you can just keep you find ways to support people you find ways to to relate to people and grow with people and that's that's this has been, the last few months have been the fastest rate of progress and growth I've ever seen, not just for my business, not just for my own personal, but also for social media, obviously. And it's truly just because you know, I'm finding ways to surround myself with people that are above me or better than me in some way.
1: It's, Dude, when you surround yourself with a solid team and you start making connects, um, it's true. You could walk a little differently because you, you don't get rattled as easy. You know, you know, Nana, you yeah. know what you've got in your corner, what not so when certain things start to get pulled into certain whatever happens comes your way you're like, all right, whatever it's it's harder when you're the man on the outside looking in, mm-hmm. and you're like I don't you don't have too many connects, you don't have the support team you might have want. Yeah, um, it's particularly in certain circles and communities, and it gets tougher right? Like, uh, you might be like, well, fuck, if this happens, what if my passageway gets blocked here? Or what if like, you know, a falling out happens there? Or what if like, but when you start connecting and whatnot, um, the doorways open too. like doorways open that like maybe they previously never would have. And, um, and all you got to do is just keep meeting people and just fucking be yourself. You're, you're, here's what you got going for you. You're a good guy and you're easy to talk to, right? So uh it's easy it'll be a lot easier for you communication is like a fucking soft skill that helps so much in life that people probably take for granted if you could actually just hold conversations and communicate with people and people like hear like a podcast like your last podcast people like fucking he's well spoken and he's, and he's a good guy it's just the impression people get yeah. I, i've obviously I follow you on yeah, uh, social media you've reposted a couple people being like motivational it's like good guy good dude right it's a skill to be able to just be. Once you realize, oh fuck, I'm a good guy. People like me. Now you get more confidence. Easier to keep
0: building more and more bridges. Yeah, Doors absolutely. open
1: up. They're like, if we need somebody, fucking what about Gavin? Yeah, Gavin.
0: Yeah. Why not? Yeah. No, you know? absolutely. I mean, I mean, first of all, I appreciate the kind words. Um, but yeah, I, uh, you know, it's funny. Greatness attracts uh, attracts people, right? And, uh, that was always the goal was to find ways to be great and to help other people become great. And obviously we want to lead by example here. Right. So, um, we take the first step forward in doing so. And, uh, obviously I'm very, very early in my process, um, in, in trying to reach or attain that, that greatness that I dream of. Um, but I think some people recognize that, you know, and, and man, dude, I, it's funny. I never posted it, but I filmed this like five minute clip in my car the other night. Um, it was after a really shitty training session. And it was like midnight and I was talking about failure and how failure is not permanent unless you let it be. Failure does not actually exist unless, unless you allow it to, um, because really it's just a matter of getting back up and you keep fucking going until you succeed. And then failure never really existed, right? So, um, and it's the same thing. And so I think, people, I think people see some of that and I've done nothing but fail. In my eyes, I've done nothing but fail in the last, you know, two, three years since starting my powerlifting career. Um, I've always fallen short in some way. And, uh, and, and yet despite that, I think some people see that and they, they respect the the process, um, especially because I'm open about it, man. I'm, I'm pretty transparent. I'm, I'm about as raw as it's going to come. Like I always tell it like it is. And, um, and I'll always be honest. Like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm special. You know, I bleed, man. I sweat, like I cry like that. I break, you know, and, and, uh, and just like everybody else. And I, at the end of the day, I'm just some kid who lifts weights, you know? So because of that, I've, I've been very lucky in that I've been able to communicate um, communicate that story to people properly, um, and I found the more times that I can do that, the more success I have in building those relationships. And and yeah, and it's it's, it's just a domino effect. So yeah, but it it definitely does come down to who you surround yourself with, hundred uh, percent.
1: And it helps, man. Communication helps so fucking. There's so many people who have like a good story and they can't communicate it, or some people who've yeah. been in like 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 been in these battles, like you've been in battles, you've traveled the world, you've got good stories. and People just can't. Bring that story forward in any kind of way that's like overall digestible. You know what I mean? And it's it's tough, man. Um, so it's a huge skill to be able to have if you got it and you do. And um I I, want to talk to you about because you've talked like even though you're you're like a world champion, you've achieved so much. We're talking to DMs and we're talking about USVI. And you had a really good point in there when you said failure is more of a setback like for instance in a boxing match you get dropped two three times they don't stop the fight it's over in the last bell. so you haven't failed until the last bell comes and then um so in life it's like well was that your last bell no well then you get up and you keep it moving right you keep fighting so
0: exactly
1: uh, right so this if if this were the story ends fine okay let's be bitter this isn't the story end, then what's next good you these things are going to happen so speaking of let's talk about usvx we had a conversation about it and how you were like all right this is okay you know things happen P- anyone who was paying attention you had missed weight um and maybe you could get into the story yourself i don't need to tell yeah that.
0: yeah absolutely um I don't want to chew up everybody's time. So I'll keep it as short and sweet as possible. I messed up my sodium intake. I messed up my, my water cut protocol, like going into USVI, dude, I felt so confident and comfortable with it because I had raw nationals experience, which was a horrible water cut experience. And then I had worlds, which was horrible, but in the opposite way, my recomp was, was horrible, but the water cut itself was seamless. It was super easy despite, you know, international travel and all that stuff. So going into usvi i think i just was too confident i was like man i know what i'm doing i set up the the protocol myself which i've never done um and i was like all right this is what i'm gonna do so i'm gonna stick to this is what i'm flying out had everything ironed out dude man i must have taken in like 10 fucking grams of sodium on thursday and i was supposed to weigh in on saturday i was lucky if I, i dude i was lucky if i could drink three gallons and pee like it was nuts so long story short um the Airbnb I stayed at, the bathroom was huge, right? And the, the the water just would not stay hot. So I really couldn't use the Airbnb's um, bathroom. And the reason why I got an Airbnb was because of World's experience. I, I knew I needed a way to cook food because at World's, I didn't have a way to cook food. So I was eating like tuna and crackers in Sweden. And I was like, that's not happening again. Yeah. Um, so I thought I made the right move. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. So um, Friday night, I was, uh, man, well, I was 217. Friday night at 10 p.m. Ooh, and I was going to be really? weighing in. Yeah. So now oh, you know. <laughs> I was, oh, dude. Man, that's, <laughs> yeah, that bro. is
1: anxiety through the roof levels. Yeah,
0: man. And I'm never two seven, I'm not even like in 22 weeks out. Am I 217? I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. I don't understand what I'm going to do. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm 217 at 10 p.m. Uh, Friday night. I weigh in at noon, you know, at noon on Saturday. So, um, Couldn't use the the bathrooms, so I throw on a sauna suit that I bought from Walmart, and I grab all the blankets in the Airbnb, and I sit outside, because I figured it would be pretty hot, um, and I could use the weather to my advantage. Okay, so I sit outside, sit there for two hours, just blasting music in my headphones, imagining my success and everything. I'm like, when I take this stuff off, I'm going to weigh like five pounds less. I get back in the Airbnb and I lost not even a full pound. I lost like 0. 0.9 pounds. I would love to go, I,
1: I get back at Airbnb, I'm 120 kilo plus. I, I, I shit you not, I'm 315 pounds and I'm going at Ray Williams and Jesus. Olivares.
0: Honestly, that's how it felt, man. I was like, fuck it. I might as well just, I fuck this shit. I might as well fly back, go USAPL, go 110 and not even, yeah. um, But yeah, dude. So I went to bed weighing about 215 and we had no other option. I had no other way to cut the water. So I was like, all right, Um, it's either I run and try to run or um, I try and find some version of a sauna. So there was only one sauna on the entire island that anybody knew of. It was at this one hotel. Yeah, it was at this one hotel at the Marriott, right? So I was about a quarter mile. So I woke up at 5 a.m. So mind you, I, I stopped the outdoor sauna bullshit at like, let's say 1230. Um, so a little past midnight, went to bed, tried to sleep, woke up at five, walked a quarter mile to the Marriott. So I tried to bribe the security guard. I'm like, look, bro, it's fucking five in the morning. I just need to use the damn sauna. Let me pay you like 200 bucks cash. Let me go in. He was down for it. But unfortunately, at that moment, his boss radioed in wanted to check up on him. He saw me on the camera. So he was like, I'm sorry, bro. we're going to have to go to the front desk. Yeah. So I was like, all right, all right, fine, fine, fine. The Bronx ways won't work. So, I, so we go to the front desk and long story short, I paid 900 bucks for a room so that i could use the sauna so i paid almost a grand just to use the sauna i go to use the sauna and it's out of service so <laughs> oh, I- shut, shut up no <laughs> yeah, way
1: bro. dude this yeah. is either either you are a better storyteller than i thought or this is a-
0: <laughs> you you're like this is gonna be better when i do the story this way dude i fucking wish man because and you know what the fucking the, the the shitty part is there's two saunas there was a steam and an infrared both of them were out of service i was like this is fucking bullshit. So. I was like all right what am i gonna do so by this time with between walking everywhere and talking to people and trying to you know make everything work it's now about 6:30 a.m so um time was running out so i went up to my hotel room cranked the hot bath it hurt like hell i kind of burned myself a little bit but i sat in it right and i, I was like all right this is gonna work it gets right up to where it needs to as you guys know it kind of needs to get right below the head or right? you got to have your whole body in there to sweat yeah as soon as it gets there i'm like what why am i not sweating I, I touched the water and it's ice cold. So even the hotel bathroom ran out of the steaming hot water. So I was like, all right, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I got out. There was a hot tub about um, uh, maybe like three blocks away. That's still a part of the the, the hotel's campus, let's call it. So I, I go out there, tried that. Of course, that didn't work. So I came back. So about 730, so from 730 to about 12, um, I just used the, the shower inside the, um, in the hotel room. And um, I got a little lucky because... The shower was separate from the tub. So the shower was in this really, really small, like closet looking room. And if you turn the light on, the the vent would go on. So I was doing this in the dark, but because it was so, it was so closed off and very small, it was easy to steam up. So I just did that. I did like, I must've done like fucking 10 rounds, 10, 15 minute rounds or however many I could do. And I was only losing like half a pound each round. So, um, Yeah, dude. And then, you know, once I got to the meat venue, we tried everything. I put trash bags on my arms. I sat in a car. It got to a point where like, I just couldn't even fucking breathe anymore. It was just a mess, dude. So, um, yeah, I ended up weighing 0.2 kg over. It was pretty defeating, but, um, you know, lessons learned. So, but but still from like in kilos, you're
2: around 98.4 kilos the night before. So from 98.4, you got down to 93.2 with all of that, like all those You know, subpar situations of
0: cutting weight. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. I don't know. Adapt and overcome. So we say. So, (laughs) dude,
1: your nine hundred dollars for that room. You didn't buy a room. You bought yourself a fucking awesome story. Because that is that is a story. When you said, "All right, it's boss. Fuck it. All right, yeah. Here's a thousand dollars. We're doing this." You go to the saw, you're like fuck my life Uh, (laughs) it's broken
2: i'm trying to remember the the story when you told us it at the arnold did you go and try and ask for a refund as well and they said no
0: so i so i you know i'm not not that i'm conflict averse in these situations but i kind of felt bad i don't ask why i really have no idea why i felt bad but i was like you know it's not their fault that the song is broken and at that time I, you know, I only had the room for the night. So I was just meat mode. Right. And then when I got back to the hotel, I went, I went, I said, Hey, you know, I didn't know the sauna was broken. And they said, Oh yeah, well, it's been broken since COVID. I was like, you guys didn't, well, you know, maybe want to fix it or anything like that. Or, you know, I, I needed the sauna and they were like, Oh yeah, sorry. No. And I was like, okay, well, what can I do to get a discount? And, um, she said, well, unfortunately there's nothing that you can do because we're, they basically were like always fully booked. So they were so confident in the fact that like they don't need me you know they don't need my money <laughs> oh, they were yeah. like they're like yeah. listen you want to sue us sue us you know what i mean like that was yeah attitude, yeah so.
1: you're not gonna sue. <laughs> yeah she, she was
0: sweet about it but she was like yeah there's literally nothing you can do um so you know that's it so I was like, all right well, like, well fuck it but thanks for your money g all right much, well I, I guess
1: i'll keep it moving then <laughs> pretty um, much <laughs> but it is true when you're in comp mode you don't have time to sit around, fuck around, and have your cortisol levels go through the roof and keep arguing. You're like, I need to get on to the next one. You literally are counting down the clock. Like you were still in the shit. If it was over with and then that happened, then you're like, all right, cool, let's let's debate this. But you're like, no, we we gotta we gotta rock and roll. I got I got to yeah. keep going. The battle continues. Um, but at the very least, so A, you got yourself an amazing story. Like when you're like <laughs> 45 years old, looking back, you like, I got some fucking good weight, yeah. cut stories stories. <laughs> it'll get better. You'll add some details. But, um, and then on top of that, um, no matter where you go now, it's going to be like, whatever the, whatever happens in terms of your weight cutting protocol, you're like, it's not going to be worse than USVI. Like, well, I got bad news. Relax. We're going to figure this out because I went no. from... 120 kilo plus down to <laughs> 93 kilo, okay? I shit you not. People thought, they're like, it's fucking Ray here. That's Kevin They're like, Ray came down. What? And you were signing autographs in the hotel lobby as Ray Williams and taking yep. pictures. And yeah, then you dude. got down and you missed by point two. So anyways, it, whatever, man. You learned some lessons, but it's a hell of a story. So you going out there, when you were lifting, were you, what was, where were you telling yourself? Like, I'm just going to cruise through this, you know.
0: Uh, well, you know, so t- as you know, um, unfortunately, I, I'm not well-read when it comes to powerlifting um, history and rules and things like that outside of what I need to know to be able to, to, to get successful lifts, you know, get three white lights. Um, so I had no, I thought that that was it. I was like, all right, well, that's it. That's my shot. So in my head, I'm thinking, well, we still have a backup option. That's just simply um, get myself into PA Nats. And that's, I'll worry about that when I land in, on us soil. That was originally, that was my, my mindset. However, um, I also was, that was probably the most defeated I had ever felt, um, prior to a meet, you know, it's one thing to feel depleted, but it's another thing to feel absolutely just exhausted, defeated, mm. you know, like, because I, dude, I thought I was prepared for this meet. I was like, man, dude, I, I have checked all my boxes. I know, I know exactly what I need to do. I, I thought I was so confident in my preparation. Um, and so to still fall short was heartbreaking, you know, because it's like, man, dude, I'm like, I'm literally willing to die for this. And yet it still was not enough. Um, you give yourself that moment. So I gave myself that moment, you know, felt bad for myself for about two seconds. And then I said, you know what? We came here to do something. We're going to fucking do it. And that's it. Um, period. You know, and so and I'm happy that that was a decision I made, because imagine if I said, ah, oh, fuck it, I guess I'll just go back to the hotel. You know what I mean? Like, mm. so um. Yeah. So in my mindset, I was like, you know what? We came here. The, the number one goal, there, there were two primary goals. One was to qualify. Obviously, I needed to put a total into the open as an IPF lifter. Um, and then the second thing was I wanted to squat 700 in IPF competition, three white lights, um, because of how Junior Worlds went with my squat depth. So those were the two primary goals. Um, and that's what we did. That's exactly what we accomplished. Um, and we did it, you know, pretty well, considering, you know, that the whole Water cut process and all that stuff so um yeah so we stuck to the game plan man we went kind of like rp7 to rp8 on lifts and uh you know and called it a day the, the goal was to of course qualify that's the number one goal and and i there was never a thought in my mind about going all out at, a, at the usvi meet because i knew you know in 12 weeks time or 15 weeks time i'd have to turn around and do it again at world so um so yeah
1: yeah and um if you had gone through everything you did in terms of like the, the drastic cuts you did, you're and, and with all the quarters, everything you've done to your body, you're never more likely if you had like, let's fucking cock the hammer and go all out. Like if someone's there and you had to, sure. But if no one's there, if you go all out when you made your body do a drastic cut like that, now you're susceptible to some shit. Um, like if you, you're never more likely to get injured, then make yourself go that depleted and dehydrated and go everything you went through. And then now go max out heavy duress on all your muscles and joints and ligaments. Now that it went through that, that's iffy, if you had to, you know, like someone showed up and be like, okay, your spot is in jeopardy unless you beat this person. And that person is Jonathan Gaigo. Okay. Then you're like, well, fucking yep. let's, let's do it. But oh, yeah. if you're like yourself, you're like the situation you had, you're like, all right like I I got my goals but I need to be good because I need to get home and not just get home I need to keep training and keep building upon because yep. the battles are gonna come don't worry about that right so it's you got to yep. pick when you're gonna do it
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This was the first meet where my body was cramping on like every lift. I had never actually had to deal with that. I mean, I know so many lifters that like they talked about that, especially like in their meet recap post. I'm like, what the fuck are they talking about? And I started like, like every single lift, like my lats, my quads, everything was just balling up. It was crazy. Um, So that was something new that I kind of had to battle with. So on the injury note, you know, that was something I was thinking, I was like, all right, I just I have to be mindful. So like on my bench, I usually get super cranked. Um, and I had to purposefully not get as tight to make sure my lats didn't cramp, you know, so things like that. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, what an experience I'm so grateful for it because as we've spoken about in the DMS, you know, better then and not, you know, later in the future. And and that's, that's what I was getting at before about failure, right? Like it, it's only failure. If you allow that to exist, if you allow that to define you and you don't get back up, like you fall because that's an opportunity to rise. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so ultimately, and that's, that's really what life is, it's just a bunch of falls and, and rises, right? So um, with especially with USVI, like you have those moments, um, and you and everybody will have these moments, where you get to decide who do you want to be? And how do you want to be remembered? Right? And more importantly, how do you want to be able to look at yourself in the mirror, when it's all said and done? Um, what would you be most proud of, you know, you don't have to be satisfied, you never be satisfied, but what would you be most proud of? And, and those those are the types of things I was telling myself, you know, the entire time. So Um, again, though, that's, that's why it was so frustrating to still miss weight despite that, because, you know, you you imagine that's your mindset as you're doing the water cut as you're like in there, you're like, you know what, man? Yeah, I got five hours, but I'll fucking do jumping jacks in the shower. Like, I don't care. I'm going to make this. (laughs) Mm. And then to do all of that and then not make it, that was, that was what was defeating. And that was the wake up call. I was like, all right, well, there's, there's another component here that I have to lock in and that's gonna be my nutrition. Obviously I have not been locking that in you know, that's completely my fault. I deserve this. Right. And so now that's exactly what the fuck I've done, you know, and things are going great so far. So, um, yeah, definitely lessons learned, but hundred percent, you got to pick and choose your battles wisely. That's what
1: leadership is, is saying, uh, taking accountability responsibility, and I deserve this. The, The buck stops with me. You'll make the adjustments, you know, but the buck stops here when people go through leadership qualities when they they did studies on they throw people into a group and they're like let's see who emerges as a leader and whenever someone emerged as a leader they jotting down so they put challenges put forth and it wasn't the person who um delegated the most or necessarily that because you could start delegating you could end up losing that people end up different people start taking over it becomes when people start fucking up it was the person who said like and how about you what happened with you and like this happened, that happened. That was on me, but this is what I'm going to do to cover that hole that, that happened. People's confidence in that person rose because they didn't lie, they didn't pass the buck. So they didn't um, push other people away by passing the buck on them. Or, and they also said, but here's the solution. I know what happened, I'm good. They stayed positive when something happened. So it wasn't the sky is falling, A, the buck stopped with them, B, and they had a solution because they could stay calm. Because they didn't pass the buck, it's on me, I have to have a solution because you're the sky is not falling something in the world. You stay positive about it. You can find a solution, keep level headed and be like, this is what happens. And they said, that's how leaders start emerging. People start yeah. recognizing that and be like, I want to work with someone like that. Who do you want to work with? I want to work with someone who's not going to drop that shit on me. Shit hits the yeah. fan point fingers, not have, you know, they the sky's fallen everything sucks or like um, they don't have solutions. You're going to be like, you're gonna start following someone with those leadership qualities. Stay calm. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, Everything's yeah. all
1: right. Everything's yeah, okay.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And I, you know, I mean, I I hope, I only hope to become somebody who could be considered a good leader later on in life. Um, and I'm definitely, again, early on in that process. And that's something that these are these are character traits that I want to develop. Um, but you know, I have it written down right in front of me on my, my training whiteboard. One of the quotes that I have there is champions take full responsibility for the outcome, no matter the outcome. Right. Um, and in a sport like powerlifting, especially who the fuck are you going to blame? Like you, what are you going to blame the fucking plane? You know, like what, at the end of the day, you know, it really does come down to, well, a, were you willing to be totally and completely honest with yourself? Where are you right now? No shame in it, no judgment, but where are you? We need to know. Then be totally willing to do something about it, right? Um, and that's that's it, dude, it's just those two things. and I had so I had those rough that that rough experience with raw nationals, but we got away with it, right? Somehow, I talked to everybody about my water cut experience with raw nationals like, dude, I have no idea how the fuck you were able to do what you did on the platform. I'm like, yeah, me neither. So I've got that, right? okay, got away with it there. Worlds. Really, if we think about it, like although I didn't really get away with it because of my worst performance ever, I still got away with it. Right. Yeah. Okay. But another shitty experience. How many times is it going to take for me to fucking learn my lesson? <laughs> right. So now I have USVI where I did not get away with it. Not in, not even in the slightest. And in fact, almost lost it all. Right. Almost made life 10 times harder for myself. So that's what it took to wake me up. That's unacceptable. I should be able to be holding myself accountable in every facet of, of, Let's let's call it the world champion, right? It's not just the training; it's the sleep, it's the hydration, it's the food, right? It's the mental game. You got to take into account all of those things and hold yourself, create that discipline in each of those avenues. And it's hard work. And uh, why would it take? Why did it take three meets for me to recognize that my nutrition, of all things, you know, needed to be locked in? Not only that, what really bothers me is that I knew that nutrition was a problem. I just didn't have the discipline to make sure that I I did it right. And that's really what we're talking about here, which means that's worse, right? That's what's way worse because well, now we'll, we'll be think about it. Now we know this wasn't due to ignorance, right? This yeah. was simply due to the fact that he was lazy. That's it. You were just lazy. You didn't you didn't actually want it that bad. That that fucking bothers me. So so yeah, man, I am extremely grateful for the for the lesson in that. And you know, again, I I hope that people can learn from me, especially younger lifters who are just getting started. You know, like if you can take into account all these different aspects and actually truly do something about it consistently, uh, you're gonna set yourself up for success and avoid a lot of the things that <laughs> you know I've been kind of plagued with. Here's the thing, here's the thing. You're right. First off, agreed on all that. Here's the one thing I would say is the reason
1: why it didn't get tuned up before usvi is because you had said you had gotten away with it despite and this happens even like like i read a lot of autobiographies of athletes There are athletes who are fuck it's wild some of these guys like partying doing whatever the shit and they're at the i mean major league like they're making millions of dollars doing all different sports like that and um because they can get away with because it because they can do it they can get away with it and you'll be surprised that's why kind of going back to what we were saying earlier that's why the failure isn't the failure. That's why you're like, you learn more off of a failure because you, you knew, but you weren't going to fully commit to adjusting until you took an L. And that's yeah. life. Like that's everything in life where it's like, fuck, this hurts. Okay. You know how it actually hurts now? Now you're going to take it seriously. I know you knew before, but as long as it didn't hurt, I mean hurt. As long yeah. as you skated by, you did everything wrong. How did you perform? Yeah, I did it anyway. So huh? you had to take an L. And that's where, um, that's why, like when they happen and you, you, it's okay. You tell yourself I fucking needed this and then have the bigger world perspective, be like, thank God I took that L and it happened in USVI. I could have fucking took that L in South African worlds. Thank God this happened. This was coming. I was not going to learn. I was going to keep pushing because it was a working out. Oh my God. Now you look back and be like, usvi was so important right like if that yeah. was a local meet thank god you traveled to a place that all those things happened to you that the whole succession of events everything now to bribing the guy to getting in there to not getting the sauna thank god the sauna was busted yeah. thank god the sauna was busted thank god all of that bro and then you came back and you're like no more it had to happen like that yeah. And then later on, it's true, it's weird how it happens. So, so but when you're in it, you know, you tell yourself, why me? What the fuck? I can't catch a break. You all these are actually catching you catching breaks. Yeah. Every time there was failing for you that day, you were catching breaks so that it wouldn't work for you. And and it needed to not work for you so that you were forced to be like, All right, this isn't US Nets, this isn't Sweden. I actually have to do something here. Yeah. It's life is yeah. like that, bro.
0: Yeah, listen, man. Smooth seas never made a skilled sailor. You know. Oh, so it's I, true, I, though, man. I don't. I don't look for the easy way out, and it's I've been my whole life, dude. I've had to learn things the hard way. I don't think I've, there's ever been anything I've been able to just like learn the easy way, uh, for better for worse. But it does make for some good fucking stories. So. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, so.
1: exactly. Show me a guy who has learned a lot. He's also got some fucking stories for you. Let me tell you that right now. <laughs> oh, he's got some stories for you. That's so, one thing that experience gives you.
2: I was just going to ask uh, to add on to that, since you had mentioned now that you're going to focus more on the nutrition, and I'm guessing you're going to also focus a little bit more on the water loading and sodium loading and all that part. Um, are you learning and you're going to do that stuff yourself? Or are you going to outsource it to someone else to like take care of everything for you?
0: Um, that's a really good question. Yeah. So a combination for sure. Um, I... I have a nutrition coach. His name is Ian the Rhino. Um, he's a good friend of, of my of my coach Alex, and uh, and he really knows his stuff. So, we started working together literally right after USVI. Um, I just got on it right away, and he's been really good with me so far. Um, that said, it's not like, hey, uh, what do I need this week? It's more so, hey, what do I need this week, and why, right? Um, and so I'm trying to learn from that, and also obviously learning online. You know, guys like Lane Norton. You know, anybody who I think is going to be. Who, who, had, who knows what' they're, what they're talking about, right? Um, the downside though, is that I feel like the more that I research, the more conflicting advice and evidence <laughs> there is all over the place, especially for water cuts. Um, and so really for me, dude, I'm the biggest thing, number, the, the number one thing right now is cut body fat percentage, right? So slowly get body fat down, um, improve uh, body composition, and then ideally be around 210, maybe, I mean, maybe 209 going into the meat. That way I can carb up a little bit. Um, and if, dude, if I have to cut from anything under 215, uh, I'll be able to make that happen and feel good on the platform. Um, but uh, right now, I mean, I'm sitting at 212, and it's only like week two or week three and, you know, and I haven't done anything caloric deficit wise. I've just cleaned things up, you know? Cool. Um, so I, yeah, so I, it's, it's a combination of both for sure, but uh, I do have a nutrition coach and, um, and I have been trying to learn from him specifically, but yeah. Cool.
1: It's, um, so I'm by no means am I a nutrition guy. Like I i i I do macros, calories your, the whole night.
0: Your your name is six
2: pack. Come on. <laughs>
1: yeah, but but in terms of like um we're talking a level of like yeah. lay six Norton pack for of beer. Fuck's sake. If somebody says lay Norton, I suddenly become a whole lot more humble in nutrition talk. Okay. Somebody's my man's got a fucking PhD. All of a sudden I got let me throw this out there. I kept my macros and but um but Talking about Lane Norton, he's been on the podcast a couple of times. Brilliant dude, super smart, super nice guy, and um, he was he talks about a little bit about how you can condition your meta. Like the body is extremely resilient in adaptability, and um, and that's how we get stronger. You tax your body, and you can condition it to get stronger, right? And the more the more stimulus you give in terms of volume, weight lifted over a week, um, the more you start getting stronger, etc. You can actually tax your metabolism to start eating more calories but you have to do it slowly. Same thing as weightlifting. It doesn't work. It, you can't be like, I lifted this this week, next week. Can I go 50 kilo? N- no, no. It's going to be so minute. The amount of taxation your, your body, can adjust, but only in smaller increments, but I've done, I've cut from 220 pounds down to 190 pounds with 30 wow. body actual body, not just water. Water's a whole nother deal, but I've done body. And then by slashing calories, But then brought my calories up, not quite to the same amount of calories as I was eating at 220, but a fuckload more by small, every week, 25 more calories. And it's nothing for your body. Your metabolism will adjust and gobble that up the next week, 25 more. Now, when you're already like 2000 calories in or whatever, 25 is like nothing. So your body easily adjusts up to, and you can get right back up to like 3000 calorie range. Your body weight never goes back. It stayed. That's it's reverse dieting. Glenn Norton's got tons of literature on it and studies on it though. Not just like theory, but he, there's studies out there and whatnot. And, and it shows, and, and I can tell you anecdotally I've done it myself and for sure. So when you first do the cut, you're like, man, you know, when the calories are down, like that is the fuel for your body. You know, people don't understand. Like when they're on the bottom they're like, fuck me, I don't feel that strong. Yeah. But where are your calories at? You do have to condition your metabol- metabolism, just like you condition your nervous system. And you can, you can condition your metabolism like people look like, my got a shitty metabolism. I can't give you an amazing metabolism. I can just make it better than it is. Same with strength. I'm not very strong. Well, I can make you stronger. I can't make you as strong as Gavin Aiden, but I can make you stronger. You know what I mean? It doesn't be that hard to, to
0: get as strong as me, but... <laughs> Well, well yeah.
1: maybe three other guys. We'll talk about that in a second, but um but yeah, so there's ceilings, but you can at least get to your genetic ceiling. So um anyways, just things to look into man. There's the you know, somebody Yeah,
0: no, I, I appreciate it, man. I'm open to anything and everything. Um, yeah, I'm the type of person where I, I I like to leave no stone unturned, you know, especially if it's yeah. something I'm super driven towards. The catch is that I can only do so much with so many different avenues, right? I can only handle maybe three specific things at one time, three big goals. But because of that, I can really dive into it full send. And uh, that's exactly what I've done, Um and it really is, dude, like time management is huge, all the basic stuff, dude, all the fucking basic stuff that you would use in life anyway, you know, Um, it's just like, I was just talking about time management, like time management is huge, if I can create some sort of structure, and then from that structure makes my life easier when it comes to eating the right way, or fueling my body, you know, at certain times of the day, um, making sure my sleep schedule is intact, like all these little pieces, they compound when done correctly, right? So um, the way I've, I describe it now to, to younger athletes or to any athlete who's more of like in the beginner stage. Um, and actually I've kind of like learned from the way that I described to them is let's say each variable is a quarter, right? So you've got training 25 cents, uh, nutrition, 25 cents, sleep, 25 cents, um, mental 25 cents. All right. So let's say that's a dollar, right? So you've got these four variables. If every day you put in the quarter, right. And if every day you're getting a full dollar, well, then five years from now, you're going to get maximum results. Right, huge, huge results. But if every day you're only putting in a quarter, right? Well, that's the result you will get five years from now, and so you can't really bitch about that. And you can look at it, and some people say, "Oh well, genetics." Oh well, I guess he just didn't want it. And you know, they'll name everything except for the things that they, the quarters that they didn't put in the jar. Um, and I don't want to be in that position, you know. So I recognize, I'm like, all right, for the last three years of powerlifting, or two years, two and a half years of powerlifting, I've been able to put in at least two to three quarters a day but I need to be pulling, it, putting in a full fucking dollar and maybe even, and then some, right? And so that's that's the mindset I have now and um, and it's helped tremendously. But again, dude, it's super simple. It's just the basics. If you can just nail the basics, then everything will compound the way you want it to, so.
1: Now you sound like Delaney Wallace. <laughs> that's yeah. an analogy he should be using,
0: huh? Yeah, yeah, but... <laughs> The strongest accountant in the world. Yeah. Strongest if you need somebody to, to launder your money, then. <laughs> yeah, he was on here
1: talking about He's like, you give me fucking macros. I'll launder those macros to get your carbs up for you. Don't worry. I'll get those carbs up for you. The
2: the quote that I heard that kind of lines up with what Gavin just said is, do today what others won't, so tomorrow you can do what other people can't. And so, like, what Gavin was saying is that, like, people are seeing, you know, taylor gavin or russ or whoever now and saying oh it's genetics like oh i'll never be able to get there but they're not seeing all the things they did the years leading up to get to that point to where they can do things that no one else in the world can do so you yourself have to go and do those things that people won't do right now so that from years from now you will be the person that is doing things that no one else in the world can do
1: and not only that like um there's something you said in there gavin i want to double back to but
2: let me just finish this thought uh
1: not only that, but you even if you don't have the genetic potential that Gavin Taylor and, and these world champions got, you do. Ha- you could still maximize your own, though, right? Like you know when you're operating underneath your own potential, and the feeling that you get when you're not operating at hundred percent feels shitty. I don't care. If I'm like, you know, certain people are like, look, you're never going to squat as much as, you know, Gavin Aiden. It's like, cool. But if you're not squatting what your full potential is, because you're just not giving it your all, you know, you're walking around with that. Everyone knows what it feels like to fucking never just commit to something and give something and push me. Like, what could I have done? It doesn't matter. Like, just there's a feeling I get too when I go all in on a project and afterwards look back and be like, fucking right there's a feeling i get when i go in on like, like even the day when i get after it and no workout i i really don't give a shit what any the someone else is doing in their workout are they pushing more weight or are they but when i go in and it's like a two hour to three hour workout and i'm like i fucking got after that or when i find an excuse and i don't i know what that feeling is i'm just saying oh in your life for feeling wise exact same thing what you guys are saying we're like, um, yeah, go in and you're not going to regret it. You know, even if it's like, well, I, I don't think there's, ever, it's impossible. I can't reach. You're going to maximize what you can reach though. And when you look back, you won't be looking back and you're like, fuck, I just didn't, I just didn't fucking go after anything, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was that yeah. guy.
1: I just no. never really went at anything in life.
0: No, absolutely. I mean, look, I truly believe true greatness in its purest form exists in the pursuit of itself. Right, it's not ever the destination, and you hear that from everybody, right? But it's true. It really is in the pursuit of itself. It's it's in the the grind, in the dirt, in the mud, even in in the sunny moments, in the times when things are going well. But you, know, you have to remember that like this is not this isn't a race, and I'm sure we'll get to this when we start talking about competition and worlds and stuff, but. My perspective on competition is, is very different than for some, for example, someone like Delaney, him and I are not the same when it comes to how we consider competition. I don't see competition, dude. I don't, I don't give a fuck about who's competing. I care about my standards and what I'm trying to do. And I'm confident. And I'm, I know I'm driven enough where if I, if I achieve my standard, I will win. Right. And and that's, that, is, that should be the perspective of everything uh, that you do in life because it's not about anybody else, dude. We all die one day. And, you know, and as sad as it is, the greats that we all talk about right now in the sport, nobody will remember or know their names in 100 years, right? It's going to yeah. be extremely rare, right? And it's just sad, but it's, it's part of – that's part of it. Like that's part of – almost like um, time stamping your your legacy right and so it really has nothing to do with your name and all that bullshit and, and all the accomplishments and the medals and the totals and stuff it has to do with the impact that you leave and the impact you leave and we were talking about this earlier in the podcast it has nothing to do with the accomplishments dude that's just the proof right really what it has to do is do with is are you inspiring people to do the same are you inspiring people to become great in their own way um, and pursue something that they see as great um, and that's, that's where the key is because that's where the, that's the sea, right. That's the ocean. Um, and that's, that's, what's fucking huge, you know? So, uh, at the end of the day, yeah, I completely agree, man. Like it, don't worry about, you know, becoming like Gavin Aiden or becoming like Jonathan Keiko or whoever, right. It, become the best version of your fucking self, you know, and it, mm-hmm. in doing that, you will be, you'll be better than me. Right. That, that really is, I would, I would imagine that's probably the best message to put out there for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, there, there's some people who are crazy genetically gifted and someone who's not and the person who's like in fifth and the person who's in first the guy who's in fifth might have all of the traits you listed and be after it and discipline and go all in and very admirable and in a positive beacon and everyone wants to be around them and the guy who's in first um just fucks the dog is a total dick and uh you know i mean it it doesn't exactly what you're saying there it's it's more like to be the best version of yourself you're going to be more yeah. happy anyways in your day to day also when you're in there you said for the next 2 to 3 years dog if you're not around in 2 to 3 years i'm going to fucking miss the shit out of you <laughs> dude you i already feel like it's already been like a year or whatever i've known you i'm going to fucking miss you in the game <laughs> if you're gone in 2 years that actually rattled me when you said that gavin's going to be gone in 2 years i see look i've been around long enough to see people come and go that's a you. That's a tough one, dude. Two years, really?
0: I don't. You know, I don't know, man. I, I, obviously, um, you, there's just balance between being in the present, being in the future, knowing where you're headed versus knowing where you are right now. And uh, I, man, dude, I have big ass fucking goals, man. I see so far beyond powerlifting, um, and there are industries I want to break into and things that I want to do that um, will simply require me to not be you know, a competitive athlete in powerlifting. Um, and that could be other sports. That could be, that could do, they could be anything. There there are so many different things that I, I could see myself doing and pursuing and trying to become the best at um, where I'm not going to put myself in a box and limit myself to the sport. And that's with all due respect to the sport. I love the sport, um, but there's always something more, you know, and and to me, again, at the end of the day, the whole reason why I do what I do is for the people who believe in me and the people who don't believe in themselves. And so it can't just stop at powerlifting, right? It has to go beyond because that's how I reach more people. That's how I can make an impact, a positive impact in more people's lives and, and, um, and they can make a positive impact in mine. So, so yeah, you know, I'm not putting a timeline on it, but as you know, we've, we've spoken about this before. Um, I th- believe I even touched on the, in the first podcast we did, um, I would love to, to be an Olympian. I would love to go to the Olympics for something. It doesn't have to be powerlifting, but it could be anything. Um, that's definitely a pursuit that I would love to to kind of to conquer right or something i would like to get involved in and then um beyond that there are like i said there are other industries entertainment industry you know acting uh music there's there's other there's other things out there besides just weights you know and i'll always be training i'll always be pushing myself in the gym but as a kid man i always looked at arnold and was like that's it that is it like if there's a legacy to beat that's fucking it and that's still in my head since like literally fucking 12 years old and he became a world champion bodybuilder um and not only that, but he ran his own business. That's how he's. That's how he made money. That's how he even employed his peers. To me, that that's awesome, right? For somebody who had to learn the language and everything. So, you know, you look at that. And then when he breaks into acting, a lot of people think like acting is how he made all of his money. He made his money in real estate. He only took roles that he wanted to take, and that was because he had the wealth. He had the money. It was purely out of his passion to be the best at what he was doing, which at that time was, you know, being a star in action films and such. And why not me? Like, why the fuck, why can't I be the next Wolverine? You know what I'm saying? Like to me, that's just how my mind works. So I see other industries, man. I see, I see other things on the horizon. Um, The biggest dream I had getting into powerlifting was to become a true world champion. To me, juniors doesn't really count. Um, And so really the open is where it needs to happen. And after this year, I mean, we'll see, I I definitely have some ideas. There are some things that would tempt me to stay in powerlifting for sure for another three, four years. Um, But maybe, Maybe. Well, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. I'll definitely be around for at least another, at least another two, three years.
1: It's, uh, I mean, yeah, you, you, you happen to be in the super competitive class too, which is good because if you venture into anything else, you'll have stories, right? Like you'll be like, oh, let me tell you, you know? Um, and the 93s are hot as shit right now. And I got you, man, for sure, Arnold, uh like he also was a powerlifter, by the way too right he was the german champion way the fu- i read both of his autobiographies his he had an autobiography he put out in 1980 and then another one he put out in like 2007 or 8 or 9 or something like that i call it old and new testament uh, <laughs> but, uh <laughs> dog they're both amazing super inspirational um if you know like where he started and where he's at now but uh yeah it's fucking arnold for god's sake but dude you you got you got the skills to make it in whatever you can, you, you, you full on going in life. Powerlifting is teaching you so much in terms of discipline, focus, getting your reps in, uh, networking, traveling and, and putting it all together. You're not just along for the ride. You're like soaking it in, at a crazy level, a guy far more mature than your age. And, um, you know, like you 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 got yourself together to start soaking this up. At a very young age, like I was nowhere near as mature when I was your age like you're way ahead of the game, which is a huge thing because a lot of people you look back me like, fuck if I would have. Um, so it's good goal driven and you know what you want to do. So if you apply all the skills you're learning in powerlifting and you're learning a lot man you're throwing yourself into all of these trips. And, and just the networking you're doing within powerlifting with sponsors and meeting people and influencers, and, and just like showing up on podcasts, taking yourself out of comfort zones, going to the USVI and whatever the shit, these are our skills that even just working on the soft skills, man, by the time you're in your early thirties, the amount of things you've done experiences you'll had when things come at you, even though it's not powerlifting anymore, you, it impacts you differently. Even conversations you had right now. Dog, when would we ever have ta- met in life unless you threw powerlifting? We're not even from the same country, my man. We came up with different eras, my man. And, and we will still hang out at Worlds and do our damn thing. Again, in South <laughs> Africa. But, uh, um, yeah. but powerlifting is bringing this all to you. And uh, you have an ability to soak it up. So when you are like in your early 30s and something pops up, it's not powerlifting related, you will be a lot calmer. And be like, yeah, I've been through a lot of different scenarios. We'll be all right.
0: Yeah, and I appreciate all of that, man. It seriously it means the world to me, especially to hear that from somebody like yourself. Um, as you know, ever since starting out, I mean, like King of the Lifts and everything that you guys have built was always like the pinnacle. It was always like, man, dude, like that's it. I just can't wait to be on the page. Like I can't wait to, you know. And I would see like the top five rankings come out and his Instagram stories and stuff. And I, my name was, of course, never going to be on that. And I think I'm like, man, one day, one day. And, uh, it's just, it's a beautiful feeling to, uh, to even have these conversations with you. And of course, even better to have them in person and share those memories and experiences with someone, um, like you, and you've been there, dude, like you've, it's really because of you that I even was able to go to junior worlds, right? You were, you were one of the people who really helped me make that decision. Um, and that was something that, you know, was powerful for me, man. And and that's actually taught me a very valuable lesson, which was, and I think a lot of people listening will get something from this when, when it feels scary, that's when you jump. Right. When, when it feels uncomfortable, step the fuck out, right? Like, dive into it head first. Like, it, it's that has helped me so much, man, because that's when I notice I'm like, whoa, this is an opportunity for growth. This, because you always like, you think you're looking for it, but you don't, right? And you just go through the, the mundane daily tasks, the same bullshit. And then all of a sudden, something comes up, it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, I could fly to, okay, so I could fly to PA NAS to check out my friends, compete, watch the competition, be in the environment, but it's going to be an extra trip, I'd only be going for the weekend, and obviously I'm in prep, you know, I'm 12 weeks out, it's a little uncomfortable, do it, right, do it, you have no idea who you're going to meet, you have no, maybe one of my friends needs me, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. something happens, who knows, okay, so you do it. Right. Same thing. I've got a trip in April, Fort Lauderdale, networking thing has nothing to do with power thing, but it's still in the fitness space. It's like, oh, but by that time, we're going to be 10 weeks out. Do it. Right. And then right after that, I have to go to Vegas because I'm sponsoring a meet at the fighter quit gym and one of my athletes is competing there. Right. It's like, fuck, by that time, we're going to be eight weeks out. Do it. Right. And these are, and that's just a very basic, you know, very relatable example. There are so many things. Worlds was one of the biggest, one of the first scary big decisions i had to make and i had to pull the trigger on and i am eternally grateful i fucking did man i mean despite all the adversity and and all that stuff that changed me in ways no 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 dollar sign could ever ever be able to equate to like it's it's insane man and um as you know and i think a lot of athletes can relate to anytime that you feel like man this is scary i don't know i don't know how this is gonna work i don't know if this is gonna you'll find a way just commit to yourself believe in yourself trust your own ability to adapt, but dive in. Yeah. So hundred percent, man, that stuff is, is huge. Absolutely huge. Dude.
1: I'm so glad you went to that worlds, by the way, for stuff, <laughs> let me say, but um, uh, yeah, God bless. I, I 100% do it and figure it out later. I'll tell you straight up personally. Um, Cause doors close or it gets far more difficult when you're like, I'll oh, wait until I'm qualified and I'll figure it out, but things will change. Let me give you a quick little I'll, I'll, story for me. IPF worlds 2016. I was on the IPF media team. I just reached out to Gaston and I said, uh, this is when I was starting King of Lifts in 2016. And I'm like, I think I can help you with social media. And I gave him a spiel. And he's like, you got gumption, sound motivated. And he was like, uh, you know, introduced me to who's the head of the IPF media team at the time. Like, this is Ryan. He's going to be joining the media team. I was like, holy shit. So now I'm running the Instagram and I'm doing this while running King of lists at the same time. And then, um, and I'm like, fucking, I think I got to handle of this, but let's see what happens. This is before I knew the like King of list wasn't taken off yet. It was, it was happening parallel to me doing this. Um, We all know how the stories ends now, but so then, an email goes out to the media team because now I'm on the media team because I just threw myself out there and figured that out after the fact. And the email is like, we're booking people on the media team for commentating. Who wants to do commentating for the IPF World Championships? And this is 2016. This is before the major streams and stuff. And, um, and I'm like, Fuck it. I've never even commentated at the Canadian nationals, let alone the provincials, let alone a local and they're talking about flying me out to the World Championships for the Worlds, and um, and this was Hack versus Gibbs. This was like this was Ray. This was you know, and um, and I replied to the email and goes, "I'll do it." <laughs> and I got a reply back. Great, we'll send your plane tickets, hotel information. I'm like. What, I'm a fucking professional sports commentator now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I and now they can't get rid of the, you.
1: From my email. <laughs> I exactly. I will go away from my desktop like, holy fuck. And this is live though. This is live. And I'm like, now I'm scared. Cause now I'm like, and this is, nobody knows who the fuck I am either. Like, it's not like I'm showing up King of list whatever. King of list wasn't taken off yet though. It was just starting. No one knew who the fuck I was. I was showing up, you know, crazy imposter syndrome, sit down. And I remember the day before we went live, uh, we went live and we were out for groceries with the media team. And they were like, so it's your first time. Yeah, it's my first time. And they're like, first time doing worlds. Like, like you've done nationals and stuff and back in home. Right. I I I haven't done nationals but you've done like you're from Ontario, you've done the provincials, Ontario provincials. Like, no, 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 I never did, oh, I never did that either. And they're like, local meats though, in your hometown, neighboring towns. You've done local meats though, and I'm like, dog, this is the first time I've ever done this how the fuck did
0: you get on this team dude, these motherfuckers that, are like we just got a master's degree here's
1: the thing these dudes are for real brought in tv crew called uh teletv or, or viva tv and they were like they're paid professionals these guys like their resume some of them were talking about like fucking projects they did with mick jagger and like like a like with the bbc like these guys are from europe professionals like this is what they do for a living and have done it for decades they're older and um this i was like holy shit i left that conversation went back to my hotel room (laughs) i made a mistake i'm like like, oh my god um so anyways obviously the story ends figured it out and fast forward a few years later Mm -hmm. and everybody's like you're the voice of powerlifting." like um they say I'm the voice of powerlifting because I said I was the voice of powerlifting. You know what I mean? But I was the first. If I waited until I thought I was qualified and I waited until I thought I was, the ducks got to line up. That window closes though, huh? Because other people have come in behind me now. Other people have podcasts now. Other people commentate now all over the world. And if you go first, there's nothing like being first on the market. Every, the the sizable advantage you get for me, starting King List when I started it and figured it out as I went and made tons of mistakes and patched them up and kept going. Jumping in on that, now you can't enter the media team like that anymore because they, they, it's just gotten more and more professional, doors closed. You got to get in when that email comes, you reply then. And if I waited, other people would have had the balls when I didn't and they would have took that spot. And when you double back, it's already gone. Or By the time you enter, other ambitious people, charismatic people have filled spots and you're one of six. You're not first. And yeah. be, being first, when other people come in, they're like, All right, you know, I want to be like that guy. I want to be like that girl. I want to try to do this. You're now the person pointing, trying to raise up. It's more difficult. Fucking say yes. Say yes. And figure yeah. it out afterwards. Just yeah. have, the, have faith that you'll figure it out. And yeah. that's something that also experience gives you. So when you're in your 30s, whatever world you end up in, Gavin, I could tell you'll say yes and be like i'll figure it out and they'll be like really because you've never done this before though and you're like with all due respect it's also a little bit about gum <laughs> right you go you go you go you go with all due respect let me tell you about a story about a six-pack lap and a the guy will be like jesus christ that worked <laughs> like, you're hey, in the you television world guy? You're in the television world. They're like, that should never have happened. It's amateur (laughs) hour. I can't believe they recruited like that. (laughs) You're like, so don't tell me I can't make it in television,
0: (laughs) dude, uh... man. It's true though, dude. It's underdog mentality, 24 seven, nothing to lose everything to gain. That's how I operate. Um, You know? And, and that's it, dude. It's, it really, if you, no matter what you do, you will have to put in the work and you had to put in the work, man, just because, and I think this is important to note. Just because you took advantage of the opportunity, does that mean that you were amazing at commentating your very first time? Probably not as good as you are now, right? Hell not no. as comfortable, at least, right? Hell no. So that's the point. You don't need to be perfect, man. You don't need to. The precision doesn't come until later down the line, right? And that's a natural progression. This isn't something that just happens overnight. um This is something where it's like you you need to get you like you'll never start unless you just fucking say yes, right? Mm. But just because you started doesn't mean that you also need to finish right there. No, it's a journey, man. The point is to have a starting line and a finish line right the whole point is to actually build and progress and evolve um and there's a certain fear that that coincides with that right so like once you become more comfortable with who you are and become more confident in who you are um which is another word, uh, another way of just saying, you know, like stay accountable. Like if you hold yourself accountable, you stay disciplined, you do the things you say you're going to do, you'll build confidence, right? So if you can be more confident in yourself, then all of a sudden that fear goes away. It's like, well, I don't really give a fuck what anybody else thinks. They could think I'm an amateur. They can think I'm stupid. They could think I'm not well-spoken, I'm whatever. um, But at the end of the day, I'm going to fucking do it anyway because I'm confident in myself. This is where I want to go. And that's, dude, that is the key to life, man. If you have the confidence that um, It truly is. That's the secret weapon in everything, in in relationships, in pursuing lifting success, and pursuing business success, and everything.
1: Dude, people, people, people mistaken uh, like, oh, you got lucky. This got lucky. You know, it's not. It's just having the confidence to always say yes and walk through. Yeah. And most people just shit the pants and not be like, no, I'm not ready. Yeah. That it is the cheat code. Confidence. It makes it appear as though why you always get lucky. Like the same thing when I ended up on a fucking reality TV show and had cameras following me around for a full season. And this was played U.S. like 10 years ago. And this is like in U.S. Canada. I was like in TV commercials and shit. And people like, how the, all my buddies, like how the fuck did this happen for you? I was six pack lapping out on a reality wow. TV show. They're flying me all over the place and we were filming. And this is like before power, before anyone would know me in powerlifting. And I'm like, I just fucking approached a bunch of TV producers and talked them into it. And, uh, yeah. dog, it was the same deal. I got, I got, I got, a bunch of stories like this, Gavin. I'm not going to go into them all, but the point <laughs> is the point is, it's like, um, so people with like, it's not just, you got lucky because it keeps happening to me. It's just because I come in with a fucking silly confidence. And I just, and here's where you build the confidence of your lifting. When you make yourself a promise to yourself, fulfill the commitment and then your confidence builds. Don't let yourself down. So when I started the, the, the commentating, I fucking studied and did like, you know, the amount of studying and I had a good mentor, uh, and, and just knows and worked on that shit like crazy. Went home, was watching like all these different sports and actually took note, um, fucking whatever. I'm not going to go super get into, it, but that you can do things, commit and make promises to yourself and don't let yourself down. And then your confidence builds for every time you, you promised yourself and you did it. And that's where the hard work comes in. Your confidence rises again. So then when the, when something comes around, you're like, I'll say yes. Because I know i will figure it out. Because I, I fucking will figure it out. Because I did last time. Even if I go on no sleep and it took me forever and I made a bunch of mistakes, I still figured it out. Because no one's going to work harder. When it's doing King of every fucking day for years, you hop on your social media, King of is going to do something. You're going to get powerlifting every day for years. Day in, day out. That is you just fucking work, man. And wow, do doors open up, you know, yep. all of a sudden you're like, well, yeah, why are you doing fucking when SPD had someone, they picked you for Sheffield. Well, it's not, is this just, did I get lucky or it's just year after year putting in work and shit like that, right? Like this yeah. happens And Erie and I know like Arian became like a fucking head coach to the U.S. national team at the goddamn world championships. And I'm sure, like, I know it's not easy to race. Arian ain't saying much right now because we're, we're both two chatty Cathy's. But my man throws himself in there and the accountability you have to have when you're a head coach of the U.S. national team Everyone watches the US Nationals when you go there and fucking the accountability, man. If you lose a major battle because you fumble the ball and unfortunately, as a commentator, we have to <laughs> mention, I, I have never done it with Ari because he doesn't, I've never seen him fumble the ball. i sure he has, maybe I've missed it. But uh it's fucking nerve wracking, you know? And you know, the lifters will be like, fuck, what the fuck was he thinking? Put it in that number or whatever. Or, like, he missed the chip there. Or did he not like... But you have to raise your hand to just do it, man. Do it. Even if it's pressure, even if it's, oh my God. Like you yeah. had to have a nervous area and going out there, raising your hand and being like, holy shit, this is another level. This isn't your buddies at local meets or even <laughs> your lifters at Raw Nats. This is the whole world's watching.
2: Yeah yeah I mean it's definitely you know as we as you talked about being like fear and confidence is definitely like scary like going to my first world was 2014 so like my first powerlifting meet was 2011 and by 2014 I'm going to worlds and loading warm up weights in the warm up room for like a Bonico or a Kimberly Wafford or Mike to share. and I'm like holy shit, these are all the people like you know, that you see on Instagram. These are all the people who won national titles and won world titles. And now I'm here timing their warm-ups and loading the correct weights for them and making sure their depth is good. It's all on me before I pass them off to the head coach and say, yeah, they're ready to go. So it, it, it's definitely scary, but that's what you do. After after day two, after day three, day four, you get more confident and everything like that. And then after year two, year three, year four, then it's like you know, second nature for me now.
1: And you went from holy shit loading these weights. Like I can't fuck up to when I met you in 2008 or when I actually started, like, I think we met <laughs> 2017, but yeah. I actually approached you 2018. I remember I was talking to the Canadian national team and the coaches are there and I'm like, what are we looking at today, fellas? And they were like, fuck, it's going to be a tight one. And then they were like, um, a little nervous. They got Arian Camassi <laughs> and I'm like, uh, what do you mean? Like uh, I'm looking at the scoreboard and I don't see, and they're like, that's oh, the fucking, they're a coach. And I'm like, Oh yeah. And he's like, they're like, he's a fucking, this is the words <laughs> he said, he's a fucking wizard. So they were worried about it they they're Let's like, go. if it's close, when it's close and this will be a good segue, like when we go into the battles we're talking about when it's close, your handler can make, for sure make the difference. We've seen close battle and the person who's overall genetically stronger doesn't win. We saw it at us run ads, We've seen it at IPF worlds. It happens when it's that close like that, the battle starts. And um, you, it, it's funny when you talk about someone like Arian like that, or we talk about like an Arian, like powerlifters, co- game day coaching isn't as popularized as programming, which Arian does as well, obviously. But, um, but when you talk to people who know, there are a few game day coaches that people are like, holy shit. And um, when people talk about like an Arian or a Matt Gary, you don't realize they fucking weren't always Arian messi ca They were loading <laughs> weights- Scared as fuck. I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this. And they just put their nose down and studied and, and became, you know, got better. And all of a sudden now, yeah, that guy is. He shows up here, like, ah, oh shit. I better not make a mistake. He'll undress me. You fucking make a mistake. He'll undress you. Uh, Arian will full on undress you. All right. So uh, it, you can't, you can't miss. You can't miss an IPF Worlds, man. Um, anyways. This is a good conversation, man. We just went off like for a fucking over an hour. We did a podcast already. Ooh, we did a whole
0: detour. <laughs>
1: Dude, I love it though. But I love these conversations, man. This is one of the things that uh guess what I'm going to miss you, kid. You got to keep in contact. Regardless. It, really- it,
2: it's it's funny. You're like, oh, man, we're not going to see Gavin competing anymore. And then Ryan's talking here about all these uh commentating gigs he's doing and how he's <laughs> and 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 you, and you don't know, but I've talked to him. He's going to be competing less. It's like, oh, I can't go to Canadian Nationals. I don't have the days oh. off of work, but I'm commenting a worlds over here i'm commenting in nationals over here i'm commenting worlds over here so we're not gonna even see ryan on the platform but you know you may still see gavin you may see him at the arnold sports Festival. you may see him like he said he has to go to some meets to coach his lifters so you may see him yeah. down the line
0: yeah true. yeah i you know i i don't know i don't know what the plans are. i i definitely after worlds we will have to see how i feel in terms of what the real goals are you know but um I think there might be some damage to be done in the, you know, in the USAPL potentially as much as I really, I don't know. It's not that I don't like the USAPL or don't like, I love what they're doing, but obviously anything that's not world champion to me just feels weird. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Like I said, there are a few, there are like certain circumstances that if the stars aligned, I would be very tempted to go and compete, you know? Um, and uh, yeah. So those things may still exist for sure, but like yeah, Sheffield, I don't know. <laughs> If you
1: won worlds and Sheffield rolled around too.
0: Dude, I don't even know what the Sheffield is. I'm not going <laughs> to Holy <not> gonna lie. <laughs> fuck,
1: bro. All right. so Quick rundown. <laughs> quick rundown. This is about to, I'm, about, I'm about to shake up your world, love. Um, so SPD in 2012 or in 2020 had uh, the SPD Invitational. Quarter of a million dollars. They, they took all the world champions of uh, – actually, it might have been a little more quarter of a million. They're taking all the world champions plus two a regional, a regional champion of, of some sort. That's like, didn't quite win the world championships, but like, you know, would have been like, like a Gavinated type. Let's say you were like, okay, we got to include Gavin. And all killer, no filler, all world champions, plus two and quarter of a million dollars on the line. Um, Bringing me in to commentate, they had a fucking like beautiful arena set up, like balcony, like theater balcony style, but it wrapped around the stage. Joey Flex has talked about it on the podcast because he's seen all the the press kits and stuff. I'm, I'll show you the press kits, and they SPD went all in. I mean, pregame show, postgame show, they had a they were gonna have a press conference. People were buying fan packages so you could stay and come, and we would have a press conference with the lifters on there, like they were UFC fighters ahead of time. Answering question and answers, they were going to have promos like you've seen the SBD video promos, and um, all of this recorded ahead of time. Uh, it was it was wild what we had. We were going to have a pregame, you know, me with a couple analysts breaking down every single battle, not just on King of This Podcast, which we we're going to do a series leading up to, but also while there. So when you tune in. It was good. And I mean, like they had in terms of budget for the cameras and produce and production, they're going to do th- and do like that, like straight up, like before football game, when you see the guys doing the analy- a- analytics and being like, here's the showdowns, here's who's going to be handling this guy. Well, here's who's handling this guy. Well, here's their big game reputation. Although on the local level, they hit the blah, blah, the whole night and then debating. And then when we go into it and there was going to be money for records Money for it was fucking like the craziest money meet of money yeah. meets, and um, all killer world champions, and then straight up showdowns between within like Russ and Brett. Brett Gibbs beat Russ. Russ beat Brett Gibbs. Both of the world championships. This was the tiebreaker head to head. Taylor Atwood in there. It, it was wow. And uh, and that's on cue to uh, COVID shut it down a week before it's going to happen. Get the phone call. Pete Spence and he's like, "Oh, I already had my plane tickets booked and everything, dog." That's how close we were. COVID shut it down and he calls me and he's like, "Fucking this is I'm like fuck I know what it is." <laughs> I do. Yeah. And I'm like, "Fuck. But it's coming. It's it's going to happen. This is going to happen in 2023. This is coming. Sheffield is going to happen."
2: I was going to say hopefully 2023. You're like, "It's coming in
0: 2023." And um <laughs> And you a man is speaking it into existence. He's speaking into yeah, existence.: yeah. And
1: you win worlds to punch your ticket. And this is the money meet of all money meets. You want to talk about next level shit. If you're looking at your story, junior worlds, worlds and then the champion of world champions, there can only hmm. be one. There can only be one. And this tournament is literally you took every single world champion and you made them face off, and you threw in a couple guys in there and a couple girls in there, so it's head-to-heads as well. And yeah. I mean, production level, like you ain't never seen, because I got the press. I'll, I'll send you some of the videos and stuff, some of the production they got, because it's okay now to share. Obviously, it's like two years old. And um, brother, and yeah. I'll show you the venue. It's like yeah. nothing. I you don't see. know. It fucking. This give might, you. It's, this it's, might it's, be it. I don't know. It's wild. It's wild. <laughs> if you were thinking about the cast off, like, okay, well, I've done everything after that. You will have done everything after this. You <laughs> okay. can't go bigger. Not now, anyways, not unless you get in the Olympics and she would stick around for like yeah. a decade. But um it's the wildest of the wild, man. I don't know. We'll see.
0: Uh, I was no, gonna man, say that sounds dope.
2: I was gonna say, not not quite as good as Sheffield, but the other thing I was gonna add about Powell thing is like you can always come back. So like we we just saw Mike share, just compete this past weekend. He took like something like six years off and came back. Um, before that, a lot of people don't know, Bonica Brown was really good as a sub junior and she left for like eight years and came back as an open. And Ryan, I think we, ca- we talked about this a couple weeks ago is John Laflam. Like we looked up his results. He was competing like in the eighties, maybe the nineties, and then took like 20 years off or something like that. And now it's come back as a master's three and a master's four. So like, who knows? Maybe one day you see like Gavin or someone else come back as like a master's. And so then Gavin gets that he won the junior worlds, the open worlds and the master worlds and be able to claim all of them.
1: Or come back in your thirties or whatever. Fuck, I mean, John Laflam, 71 <laughs> years old. He's 71. Like, I don't know how many people in their seventies you, you have in your life, how they move or like, if they're like a lot of people, you're 71 people's pass away, whatever the shit, let alone like this dude is squatting in the four hundreds. He'll pull over five. You know, like he, he's like, insane. If, he, if he, and he's in his seventies, if he showed up at a local gym and he looks like an, like an older gentleman, right. If he showed up at a local gym, that's like like a guy who thinks he's strong is squatting in the four hundreds and pulling over five. And he thinks he's either like, you can have a big jack dude doing that at a local gym. John Lafon will walk in there, throw a little chalk on his hands, and people are like, "This old guy gonna dead out?" But like, is he? Like, oh yeah, no, no, he'll shift some weights on you, son. Like, yeah, he's, he's about- got a,
0: He's got to write an ebook for the older generation on. Uh, <laughs> Dude. Yeah, he'll he'll sell out.
1: I shared him on um, King of Lists, and in like twenty four hours, it was like hundred fifty thousand views in like thousands of shares because people are like. And he messaged me, I shared the message in, my, in the Instagram, uh, in the stories. And he was like, dude, I, because when he posts, he doesn't have a massive following on his Instagram. But when I post and people like, and I'm like, this guy's 71, you <laughs> know, people like, crazy. oh yeah, they're like, holy shit. And, and he's like, I can't believe, you know, I don't know how many of his buddies in the seventies and his wife, if they give a shit, if they, if they know about Instagram, <laughs> but he is like, my God, man. Um, he's an inspirational dude. I met him at Worlds. He's a super nice guy, super inspirational guy. Um, but anyways, I'm sure at fucking a guy your age, you're not looking at when you're 71, but just saying to Arian's point, the good thing about powerlifting, you just get the itch and you can come back at any point. Like, you're just like, you know, you just, it's not that hard to qualify in and come back. Um, fuck me. If you, if you, if you're fucking like a goddamn movie star, you come back, you got it. (laughs) You got to announce it on Canyonless. Give me that at least, please. With everything we've done together, be, give me, you, 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 Your millions. You're in Hollywood. You're like, I think about coming back. Find out a six pack that Labaness still around. K-O-T-O-X. You, 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 sorry. L-A-P. They don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Be like, just find him, find him. <laughs> right? because because i got to do a show and
0: <laughs> please talk please talk. oh dude a hundred percent i mean you'll be doing the shows with me man you'll be doing ah, the movies I'm with in. Well, we, yeah we're gonna have you in there like a mr miyagi kind of situation that's right, right. that's <laughs> right Hey, whatever it is
1: whatever a paycheck dog you know i'm gonna I'll, i won't say no but um all right dude we, we we were fucking crushing we can move on to the actual show house now <laughs> people are like 90 minutes later but fucking man we're crushing <laughs> it's what it is, baby. So, um, looking at these showdowns, I'm going to pull up my notes here. Obviously, for everybody listening, I've already been hyping on King of Lifts, but we have a massive showdown in the 93s for the PA Nats. You know a thing or two about Jonathan Kaiko and hmm. battling at Nats with him, but for anyone listening, I'll catch them up on Jonathan, I'll catch them up on Chance, and then, um, and you obviously know Chance, you just did this podcast. And then we could talk about maybe what we think we might see. And then I'm also going to catch them up on a young man named Gustav Hedlund and yourself. They already fucking got a, a pretty good preview on you. But uh, and let's talk about the 93s a little bit. So for anyone listening, Jonathan Keiko is your reigning 93 kilo world champion. He has hit as high as 892.5 at a smaller meet February 2021. 2021 U.S. Raw Nats had an absolutely ferocious battle with Gavin right down to the very last deadlift. He got 880.5, Gavin at 880. It was possibly the battle of, of uh, that US Raw Nats. I'd be comfortable in saying it definitely was. Unless there's one that I'm not thinking of. It was right down to the fucking end. And um, Jonathan clinches it and ends up going to the world championships. And can he breathe a sigh of relief? Runs into Gustav hedland and here we go again, bottles right down to the very last deadlift. Gustav had the winning deadlift right up to his knees and then uh, ended up knees straightened too early and he doesn't lock it out. Jonathan Keiko, so in that one he hit an 873. Um, so in the PA Nats, he will be handled by Joey Flex this time in the flesh. I know in Sweden, Joey was all, he was kind of there, kind of not, right? He was. They were videoing in at times, it's not quite the same. He had Isaac Whistler. This time I'll have Joey. Um, so if we're, we'll go through who's handling who for people who are listening. So that's Jonathan Keiko. Reigning world champion, battle tested, has done it with different, uh, you know, traveling. So he's felt all those conditions, like we said before, and um, put a pin in that. Chance Mitchell. All right. So Chance Mitchell is an eight-year veteran. Previous personal best is 853. For people listening, they're thinking 8.53 though. I mean, Jonathan Keiko's personal best is 8.92.5. That's a significant difference. But Chance has done a significant jump in his lifts. Whereas previously he had a 365.5 deadlift. Now he's got almost 20 kilo on his deadlift alone. What he's doing in the gym right now, it's got everybody. Like initially we were thinking, all right, maybe, maybe you're going to get the alternate spot because you come second to Keiko. And that still might happen, by the way. But now we have to consider the fact this could turn into the battle because Keiko hasn't hit 892.5 since. Doesn't mean he can't. Doesn't mean he can't go more. It just means he's found himself in close battles and hit as low as 873. We don't know what's going on with Jonathan. If he's an 873 again, Just the improvement on Chance's deadlift alone, he's right there. And because Chance has that deadlift, he gets to pull the winning pull. The winning pull will be in his hands. Guaranteed. He has that decision. It's up to him. Jonathan's day is done. And now I go. And I have the final say. And I load it with not a, a kilo more than I need. One thing Jonathan has in his favor, he hasn't missed a lift since 2019. That's why he keeps winning these battles. U.S. Raw Nats, um ipf world championships i mean these are the biggest of the big titles and against gentlemen like yourself gavin and like gustav and he didn't miss so that's in his favor that's good um put that a testament to his handlers and himself both staying in the pocket so to speak and building the total doesn't mean you can't miss so it'll be interesting and doesn't mean if he goes nine for nine he's going to get 892 he went nine for nine those other times he didn't get 892 it's an interesting battle. Oh, by the way, chances recruiting living legend Matt Gary to handle. And I've already said Matt Gary, everyone knows Messi Kamessi. He's on the podcast every goddamn week. Matt Gary is like a it's like a, a level. Is this fair to say, Ariad? What would you say? Yeah,
2: I mean, a lot of stuff a lot of stuff I learned was from Matt, and I've taken all three USAPL coaching courses under Matt.
1: He literally, Matt literally wrote the book on handling, (laughs) you know, people say he wrote the book on no, but Matt wrote the book on handling for real. The, that that's used as as a coaching course. And um, he's good, man. He's, he's fucking really good. He knows all the rules. He doesn't miss chips and he has, I have watched him take a guy like Bryce Lewis beat a guy like Ashton head to head and Ashton's overall raw power is more than Bryce. And I think Bryce would probably raise a hand and say, Ashton's a stronger human being than me. I've watched him guide Bryce Lewis to beating Ashton head to head. You know, he, he can, if you make a mistake, he will capitalize or he will make you load up more than you need. You can't fucking drop the ball with a guy like Matt Gary, who's been doing it since the nineties. That's how into it Matt Gary is. And I've talked to Chance and he's like, he's told me, I'm like, you're in a battle, young man. Like, this is a fucking ferocious battle. And he's like, I, I, and I asked who do you got handling you. And he was uber confident. He's like, don't worry about that. <laughs> who is it? You know, because I, I know some of the fellas, like, like, like Arian, like, and Arian would have told me. So who is it? And he's like, I got Matt Gary. Say less. Okay? So there's, there's, there's moving pieces to this. So with this battle alone, fuck me. I don't know how to call it. Hmm. We'll go on to the Worlds in a second. Let's put a pause right there, gentlemen. Ari, what are your thoughts, Arian?
2: As far as them battling it out nationals, I mean, obviously you can still say that, you know, Jonathan Keiko is the favorite going in because he has the highest total on the meet. Um, He's won nationals before. He's won worlds before. Like you said, he doesn't miss attempts and everything like that. His training looks good. So he's got to be the favorite going in. But yeah, the, the gap has closed with chances deadlift going up, you know, close to twenty kilos, like you said, and that if potentially if Jonathan puts a lower total than his best, if he goes down to like eight eighty or eight seventy, then all of a sudden the gap is negligible. So it'll definitely be a interesting battle, and and again, Jonathan, like previous meets, has to really be on point, maximize how much he can get, and then just force Chance to have to take a big deadlift that he's not capable of doing.
1: And here's the thing too, I I, I should add this caveat. His deadlift's gone up almost 20 kilos, just as deadlift. Like all of his, his overall strength has is, is, is gone up. So there's 20 kilo there, but, and there's, there's conceivably more in his other lifts. That wasn't his last deadlift day. He had another deadlift day left, and it was more. And Matt Gary told him, you're not showing that last deadlift. Don't pose that. <laughs> Matt Gary always says, hold that back, because um, here's why, and, and I know why. Keiko has to finish his day before chance comes out. You chance has as the big deadlifter, he has the advantage of knowing exactly what he needs to load the bar to win this. Kaiko, because his day has to finish first, has to guess. Oh, by the way, he's got to guess and not overreach himself and miss his third dead. Because that could be all she wrote. So you have to guess. How much do I need to load the bar to put more in Chance's hands than he can handle? But I also can't overreach myself. If I overreach. And that's where you could put pressure on somebody to make someone think I'm wielding a sword right now. And it's it's a dragon slayer of a sword. But you don't know exactly how big it is. So you're thinking the pressure. And, and you might be able to just do what you think you can. Sure. But you're going to be in the back of your head. It's, it's always going to be in the back of your head, your handler's head. They're going to load what, what you think you can, but you're also going to be telling yourself, do I go two and a half more? Do I go five more? Where? Chance gets to chill. And that's why Matt Gary's like, just fucking let them have that conversation in the back of the head. They're going, to, they're going to say, just load what you think you got. But you know when you're back there, it's on it's, uh, it's your mind. And, and Matt will be like, just fucking let them have that conversation and not know. And just keep your sword holstered for now. We'll fucking, we'll load up when we load up. Let them overthink it. Let them overshoot. Let them undershoot. Let, let them undershoot. And fucking, you're like, oh, you bet wrong. <laughs> you know, it's fucking, it, it's already started. It's already started. The handling, that's why Matt, when he takes you on, is like, I got to talk to you a couple of weeks out because the handling starts before we get there. And he has like full-on video conferences with you and everything. He doesn't just fucking the day of how you feel, son. It's going to be, uh, you know. So it's already started, man. I don't know. What do you think of Because you've battled Jonathan. You know, the kid's a tiger and I love Jonathan too. He's a he's a <laughs> fucking for really real nice guy. And I know you know Chance. You had conversation with him. He's also a nice guy. What are your thoughts going in this? You don't, I'm not asking necessarily for a prediction, but you could just tell me like, what are you thinking here with everything yeah. I told you?
0: Um, I mean, I said this before, I'll say it again. Uh, I'm very naive to powerlifting, it's history and uh, the the loopholes, the ins and outs and all these like little tactics and little things that you can do to get an edge. You know, I got into the sport to be the fucking strongest, that's it. And, you know, and to be strong, period. Um, I couldn't give it two fucks. I, you know, I, I respect it. I love it. I love that that's part of the sport. I love that that's how it's played. Um, but it, it's like I said before, man, I, I compete for myself in the sense of attaining a standard that I see as, as godly as something that, you know, nobody has ever done before. Nobody would dare to do. Um, or the average person would look at it and be like, what That you're out of your mind, you're crazy. You can't do that. Um, that's what gives me the thrill. That's why I do what I do um, not to beat so-and-so not to, uh, like at the end of the day, dude, like hardware is hardware, you know, it goes in mm-hmm. a drawer. So, um, really history is what I'm looking to, to, to create and to make it, to be able to wear around my neck. So, um, and to me, that takes risks that takes, that takes balls that takes confidence. Um, and that's what I'm working on instilling. that said to give you a more kind of practical response, I battle both of them. Right. So, um, ron nationals was a great experience. Um, you know, Chance is a good friend of mine, but I, I kind of know, I know how he thinks. I know how he works. And especially since he works so closely with Sean Noriega, now I really know how he thinks and how he works. Um, and Sean is another good friend of mine. Um, and in terms of Jonathan, you know, I, we, we actually really kind of like hit it off and, and had a great time in Sweden. Um, Nina was so helpful in so many ways. Um, so all in all, like I see these guys and that's, this is kind of the weird thing when it comes to powerlifting, because it's not a physical combat sport, you know, off the platform you can kind of be cool with your boys you know you can kind of have healthy relationships with your competitors um i have nothing i'm not that you know dickhead i try not to be that that asshole uh, competitor that's like well fuck my competitor, fuck everybody else you know, it's like it doesn't have to be like that man you know look don't get me wrong on game day and especially for this world it's, my mindset is pretty like normally i go in and i'm very confident and i, I come in and i say you know what I'm here to do a job, we're going to get that job done to the best of my ability, right. Um, But this time I'm coming in to to slaughter people like I'm coming in to take no prisoners, I want to lacerate people's throats and eat it like I, I am so I see red, you know, and, and like, and that's that's from a that's still controlled, like it's a controlled rage. And I'm just because I have this massive chip on my shoulder. Um, and it has nothing to do with losing at Ron National, it has to do with losing to myself at last worlds. Um, I think I it was an utter like disgrace how I performed. And um, and even what happened at USVI. So I I am my own harshest critic. That's what's pushing me. Um, I have big plans for for worlds, obviously, and big goals. They have nothing to do with my competition. Sure, I'll do some research, sure I'll study up on it. Maybe look at what they're doing, but who get like, at the end of the day, strength is strength, bro. This isn't like any given Sunday on football. Yeah, there are things that can happen, <laughs> but if I take care of me and I take care of everything that has to do with me, right? If I line my ducks, if I, it's exactly what we were talking about before, put every quarter in the jar. If I do that, and that's that's all I really need to worry about, I can almost guarantee my success, right? That's the best shot at the very least at me having the success that I want. And so that's my that's my goal. Um, in terms of who's handling me and stuff, dude, I have no idea. I don't even think anybody is right now. Um, my coach is having a kid, so <clears throat> he won't be able to be there. Um, as of right time. now, yeah, I mean, as of right now, I, I did reach out to David Garcia a while back. He's a very good friend of mine. I love and trust him and uh, and he did agree to it the downside is that scheduling issues obviously become a concern between his coaching and his athletes at USAPL Nationals and and this situation but he w- he he sounded super super enthusiastic about making it work even if he had to you know travel the day before and leave the next day you know so um so that's a potential there i mean i don't know if my family will be able to come to south africa with me if they can maybe i'll have my mom in the warm-up room you know I, <laughs> Doggie, i'm down listen, for that <laughs> listen, 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 listen. your mom can't handle
1: you dog listen listen
2: listen
0: you're here mom will res-
1: open
2: another red and make it snappy
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i
1: i respect uh you have the athlete's mentality of like just focusing on what you can focus on and be the strongest yep. that's true i'm telling you for sure though handling will be a factor if it's a close battle oh
0: absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and,
1: and it, you don't need to care about it and be like hey I, I, that's not the part because here's the thing if we just went in the gym like who's let's just have you guys max out and then whoever maxes out last you win um right. for sure but the problem is you can't right we're, we're not doing it like that but you can have the athlete's mentality and just get yourself like chance did be like because he, he chance told me and i'm sure keiko's probably the same way with joey chance is like i'm just gonna fucking show up and, and give Matt the keys and be like, I shut off and I'm here to do like you said. I'm gonna fucking smash weights, man. Load the bar, pay attention, know the rules, load up the chips of the chips available, do all the games, putting placeholders, changing the first deadlift and doing whatever. Do all that. But that's what you do. I'm just gonna smash weights, man.
0: Like, that, yeah. that's the
1: good thing about having a guy where you're like, I'm confident.
0: I mean, obviously, I don't have that luxury, you know? Um, you could, I- you could get a pick name. Man- I, I don't know. You got to send me something because I I'll have no idea. Out, dog, I don't I know who's in out. the game, you know, but, uh, yeah, I mean, and I'm all for it. Look, I, I know I sound very anti all this stuff. I'm not, I genuinely, I'm all for putting together the best package. And part of this means being prepared, right. Being as prepared as possible. And so if you've got Matt Gary or whoever else, like then fucking great, you have that much better, um, of an edge, right. So to speak. Um, but yeah. And I, you know, again, to me, I think you, you put it perfectly in my mind, I will do everything I can to, to be as prepared as possible for this competition. Um, and I'm going in like, when I say nothing to lose, I mean, like, I don't give, if I, if I'm fucking breathing, I'm competing. So, um, that, that is, that said the, I, the, the mentality is adapt and overcome period. Right. So if, if it's game day, I mean, I've never really done those, the tricks and stuff with like faking deadlifts and all this other stuff to me, I just feel like, look, man, I'm, I'm here to do. And, and again, this kind of goes back to what I was talking about before. I have these standards, I have goals. I'm not going to say them, but I have goals for this meet. Um, and, and I will, man, dude, it's going to be a sad day for the world. If I don't, if I fall short of these goals at worlds, because I will be so insanely frustrated with myself, um, I want able to live with myself. So I am attacking this with more energy than I've ever attacked anything in my life before. Um, and I'm going to make it happen. And so I know for a fact that if I hit these goals and if I do what I think I can do and what I'm capable of and what I truly capable of, um, I don't give a fuck what games they play. They ain't fucking coming close. So I, you know, and- but you and that's don't want great. it to be yeah, a factor.
1: Fun. You don't want it to be a factor. That's a learning lesson later. Like, absolutely should've, you want it to be like, I am doing everything. You absolutely. don't have to care about this. You just got to get someone else who does. Delegation right. is that. Uh, like, if you get your, I don't know, fucking. We keep using Matt Gary. I don't think Arian's going to be there, but we'll find somebody. We'll find somebody that level. They're all yeah, over the yeah, world. Yeah, if
0: you can, if you can help me out, and yeah. you recommend Dog, somebody, I'm hundred percent. I don't
1: want to have the conversation later. And be like, so here's the story about South Africa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another no, learning absolutely. experience. Like, no, fuck that. Well, I was, <laughs> I was going to say that,
2: I was going to say it doesn't have to be like them picking numbers for you or even like them doing any kind of strategy for you. But like, uh, Gene Bell, I think helps out some of the team because he's like the head coach for the team for USBI and like mm-hmm. Dave Ricks and John LaFlam have stuck around for certain sessions just to help like load up weights for people and change the yeah. rack heights for people just to make it a little bit easier. So you're not walking over road, loading up all your red plates by yourself and everything like that while other people are waiting to use the warm up rack. So there's probably someone like that can at least help you a little bit with those things. Uh, but I like the mentality like, Gavin's like, I don't care. Just just send whoever. S- send both of them. I'll be both of them and then hang out <laughs> afterwards, which is an interesting loophole because they did send out an initial email to all the lifters signed up for Powfiting American Nationals saying this is the qualification process. And it's no longer, hey, you win national, you automatically get to go. Now it's you have to win nationals and, and have a minimum total. If you don't hit that minimum total, you don't get the automatic invite. So there potentially could be an empty spot and they double up. So there's potentially that Jonathan and Chance make it the world and you get to go co- compete against both of my worlds and then hang out afterwards.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, and that's what we've been talking about. You know, we're, we're looking at the ultimate stage. That's why like, there are some people, I'm not going to name names who've been shitting on my decision to stay USVI this year. Um, you know, some people think it's cringe. Some people think it's a cop out to some degree. Um, and I've said this multiple times to, to multiple people, including the people who, you know, made those, some of those statements. Um, the number one goal is the world stage, right? So, For me, I would rather have that battle with the best in the world. Period. Right? Because that—that's what it is. It's the world stage for a reason. On the world stage, right? (laughs) Not at some. And this is no disrespect to PA because I think they're doing everything they can to put on an awesome event. But still, the facts remain: they just put this thing together. So would I rather do that at a, a nationally level event that was just put together just so it could be put together or would I rather do that at the world stage? And so that's not the only reason why I stayed USVI, but it's one of the biggest. And, um, yeah. And the, what I'm getting at here is that, yeah, there's a huge possibility that we're going to have art, like quite frankly, the best 93s, not just like the best from the U S and the, like all across the board, You're like chance Keiko. Um, I don't really consider myself one just yet, but I'll be there. You know, you've got Gustav. Um, and there's a couple of other athletes uh, that oh, yeah. I've, I've been told that are very strong as well. Um, and that, that, that's the beauty of it. So, so yeah, man, I mean, I like, I am totally open to any suggestions and stuff like that when it comes to the handling last year or uh, junior world's handling, I think it was the, it was the best that I think at the time could have been offered, which was, which was great. I think I was ill prepared in terms of having warm ups ready on a sheet to give to somebody who didn't know me through a hole in the wall. You know, there are definitely things I could have done as an athlete to make my handler's experience a little bit easier um, and more efficient, but um. Yeah, learning from from junior worlds for sure. Like I'm going in this as prepared as I like. I already have an outline of literally every single fucking thing outlined, planned out. Everything from warmups to timing um, to what if this happens, what if that happens. Um, and then even at this point, I'm you know I'm kind of working around. Like it, it, I don't want to say strategy, but let's say for example, and this is something I'll, I'll snippet I'll give. Let's say we're in a position where I can squat 750, right, which I think is like 340 kg. If we're in a position to do that, do we do that? right? Is that a lead that I should take early on? And is that's because that's a risk, no matter what, it would probably be a risk, right? Or do we just take, let's say 733, big difference, right? Could be the difference of a win. But again, you're talking about two other competitive athletes who have big lifts in the lifts that succeed or secede my squat, right? The bench and the deadlift. So now these are things to consider. These are things that I'm working on now that I'm thinking about now. Um, that way, when it's game day, the decisions have already been made. Um, you know, and, and really, you know, from my core, it's, it's more so just about like, okay, well, what at the end of the day will leave me with the result that I want most. Right. Um, and that's how I'm making these decisions. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm totally open. I recognize that I am naive. He, let to me say this. this.
1: L- let me say something. I know you're saying the decisions of me before I get there, but like, I'm. Um, what I would say is like, uh, I'll drop this story and, um, I fucking love Mike T. I, I everyone knows I love Mike T. Uh, I, I fucking say when I repost them, I'm like, uh, me and Mike T are waiting to enter a restaurant. And you seat Mike T before me. Okay, he's, <laughs> he's got a seat before I do. And you don't got to tell me shit. Say less. If you come to me, I'll be nice. No, See Mike first, right? I love Mike T. <laughs> but 2017 Worlds, he had Brett Gibbs, which is he was by far the favorite in the 83s. And yeah. uh, by far the favorite of the 83s. And he lost be- purely by he didn't lock it in in time i can't remember exactly Erin, you were there at the time i don't know if you're not going to remember the numbers exactly but they sticking to the numbers without reading because things change when the battle's happening and you could lock in a win on the second and not be forced to hit it on your third and if you miss your third you lose shit like that'll happen if you go in there just like i'm gonna hit my numbers i don't care what else is doing they will force you into that matt gary the swedish team headland swedish team they will force you into that and if you didn't lock it in in time you will fucking lose and then when you double back and you're like if you were like man i don't know about the game and i'm not interested in playing like that is like Brett Gibbs should never have lost the 2017 world championships never and afterwards mike t was like i think i just fucked that up
2: i think i think he posted about it cuz they were looking at I don't remember the exact accomplishments, but I believe it was like, okay, lock in the win on the second deadlift and then go for best lifter on a third deadlift. So I pull the number. They jumped on the opener from 295 kilos to 317.5 on the second attempt. So 22 and a half kilo jump and they missed it twice, I believe on grip. So now because you were shooting for best lifter, you just missed your second and third delift, And then he got backdoored and lost because he only got his opener delift. Rather if they had taken more conservative jump and focused on the main goal first, win the world title, then he, then he potentially could have won. But obviously it's easy also, you know, Ryan says, you know, he's uh, buddies with Mike and likes, it's easy for us to look afterwards and say, oh, well you should win a 10 kilo jump and not 22 and a half. For sure. But at the time that's what their goals were. I believe in those steps is win the world title on the second and best lifter on a third and then missing twice to set you back.
1: That's why you got to adjust and read the scorecard and be able to be like, what do I have to do right now? Uh, um, Bill McCarthy, he's, a, he's a, a co-host as well. He's a national he- a head coach on us national team several times. And he, he took LS McLean to a world title. And he was saying like, they picked their number because they're paying attention to the scoreboard. And um, LS is like, fuck, that was too low. Cause he, he was, his deadlift was good. He was going to be finishing his deadlift before everyone else. And uh bill is like just pay attention relax sit relax and then four other guys came up in daylift, and all four of them missed picking wow. is very important and they're like i think i got this in me and it's like i need you to do this though because i'm paying attention and this is what we need though i got you you're but if you fucking miss that we're fucked but if you if you hit this well, i think we're good and mm-hmm. that's when you know it does it does matter and um it, it's happened before it, it's I would prefer to be the stronger person on the platform than just the better handler. But if it's as close as it's you for are, if you for battle, Gavin, yeah, this is as close as I've ever seen. This is insane. This is like half a kilo is going to win. If, if you want to say you're going to tell me half a kilo could win this. I'm going to tell you get handling you better. You better be right on point and you have to adjust on the day. It will change on the day. That's one thing that will, uh, you got to be able to change on the day. You yeah. sit, Sam Watt was the last podcast I just had on. He's 51. He just won. Uh, he just won the British nationals and won British best, best lifter. And he's like, I fucking totally changed everything on the day. Uh, because it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. He's like, fuck. He's, he's like, I, you just eat the food that's there that day. That's when a lot of things are going to start happening and you have to pay attention to what's going on. Um, I don't know, man, Th- but that's easy. You just fucking find, you just get somebody. There's people all over the world find somebody that will be there and be like and, and make sure it's not just a buddy or whatever they got to like like ha- be a good handler because yep. the battle you're going to be in is going to be that and you don't want to have this conversation afterwards and yeah, to no, do absolutely. that look back to do the look back and be like fuck again <laughs> yeah. yeah another yeah. story how much learning do i gotta do <laughs> yeah i gotta get to hollywood while i'm young for god's sake <laughs> <laughs> right
0: no my dude, window was so big Absolutely, yeah, no, and I, I like I said, I first and foremost recognize how naive I am to it all. Um, and the only thing that's allowed me to get as far as I have is just this you know mentality where it's like, no matter what comes my way, we'll find a way, you know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but that, you know, but there, but it it really is true like you know, there are specific things that um, need to be accounted for, and whether you like it or not, you know, those things you know it's a game of inches, you know, so yeah, every mm-hmm. every inch you can get will matter. and uh, and especially in a case like this, I definitely, want to come in not underestimating my competition and not underestimating the value that they're bringing in with them in terms of their team and stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I personally have always found that, you know, winners focus on winning losers, focus on winners kind of thing. I never want to be consumed by, well, what's my competitor doing? What's he doing? What's, you know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to consume that content. I don't want to, I have no interest. Right. Uh, especially because I have found that it definitely subtracts from my own energy and subtracts my, from my own focus. Um, But this is different, right? This is not necessarily about that. This is more so about being as sharp as you can be. And if that requires, or if that necessitates uh, a handler who knows what the fuck he's doing, um, then that's, then that's what it is. And that's, I guess my next job, um, is to find somebody. So, um, yeah, this I'll is a casting call. I'll Anyone listening, yeah. Yeah. Gavin is accepting <laughs> resumes. He's willing to spend $900 on a broken yeah, sauna. You know so I'm willing, willing to spend $900 yeah. on a fucking broken sauna. You have no idea. what. Yeah, exactly. I'd give you my left nut. No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: Someone's going to slide in and be like, okay, for $900, this is what I'm going to do.
0: But uh,
1: yeah, it's just another variable. There's so many variables. There's few mm. things in life that you can control. You know what I mean? There's few things in life that you can prepare ahead of time and be like, I could control this. It's just one thing you could control and be fuck it. That's the best 250 I spent. You know what I mean? Be like, I don't have to worry about nothing now. Yeah. Or what else can I throw 250 at and not worry about? I'm saying 250 area and what is it? What you, what would be handling, do you think?
2: Well, I mean, for a world, it'd be different, but like for like a, a local meet can be anywhere between like 75 up to 225 250. Um, But for Say when less. you get to nationals and worlds, it depends on whether a person is already going to handle other people because they have traveling costs like um, I'm not sure, like David Garcia, I believe he was h- hoping to uh handle Ray Williams at nationals. And then if he makes it a worlds, handle Ray at worlds. So then while he's there, he can help out Gavin as well. But it looks like Ray's hurt. So if Ray doesn't make worlds, then it depends on like, is David willing to come all the way to the world just for Gavin and
0: what it's going to take? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm prepared for that too. I mean, you know, when it comes to finances to me, um, Money is is a tool, you know, and I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying that I'm, you know, that I've got it made, because I definitely do not. And I'm very early in my career in terms of the business stuff. But I recognize when it when it needs to be used, invested and uh, put to work, you know, so that's why like, I tell the story to friends of mine who aren't in the sport. They're like, bro, you blew $900 on it. first of all, I've never made ever, ever, ever in my life made a purchase like that, a big purchase like that in one shot, like that was the first time I've ever spent more than let's say, like 500 bucks right on the spot. Um, But I didn't even think Twice, right because it's like look man this is a tool this is just a tool to get to where i need to go and fuck it and it can be made you know um but yeah so financially and stuff i'm i, I don't give. if listen man helps me achieve my goals it is what it is i'll fucking i'll sign my life away for it. it's your dream
1: <laughs> it's literally your dream it's like wow fuck yeah. i mean you're gonna yeah, fly all the yeah you're gonna be fly all the way there you might as well be like you know for 200 more yeah, fuck it, go. Let's go. That, that, just yeah. take care uh, of it, 100%. please. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: I was gonna say that was also I a different you. scenario. You may have been like, you know, dehydrated,
0: depleted, devastated. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, just it wasn't like, even. Just take. Just dude, take advantage of of you. dude, I, bro, <laughs> I took I advantage felt, of you. I felt so bad, dude, because I was getting so like, look, man, I'm Italian, right? So I'm Italian, and Polish. So I, you know, I, I'm very. I've been very good at, at being at not being confrontational. You know, just try to just be calm. You know, like, so. When I'm when she's trying to walk me through this process, I already am knowing she's going to tell me you got to pay for the room she's I was hoping she was gonna say I'll tell you what just go use the sauna, you're going to be out of here by 12 just go do it shit show she didn't do that it's okay I can't expect her she could get fired you know whatever, but the fucking credit card wouldn't work every like it's not that I get declined it just like the the chip reader or whatever they had the machine wouldn't work so every every time I put the card in the thing was like blah, blah, wouldn't work so we tried it like five times at this point dude I thought I was gonna snap my card in half I'm like fucking jamming it, and I'm like this fucking machine better fucking work before I break this damn thing And I was dude it was yeah it was crazy so yes I was very dehydrated very tired um but hey, listen man, you know it's it's part of the game. That that's why I think um again, I know it sounds really harsh and brutish to to say things like, you know, I don't I don't, you know, I don't care what my what weapons my competition is coming in with, you know, I'm going to be ready. I know it sounds harsh, but it really is that's the backbone, you know, you have to, you have to be confident in who you are and in your ability to adapt. That's it. You know, because really, okay, let me give you a scenario, right? And I doubt this will happen and knock going wood. Hopefully it doesn't. Mer- Matt Gary gets sick or gets COVID or something happens and he can't show up. Then what? Right. So now let's say you're Chance Mitchell, right? And you're, you're relying on the fact that you've got one of the best handlers in the fucking world. Now all of a sudden he can't show up and you're two weeks out. What do you do? Right. Flights are booked. There's hotels are booked. Like, what do you do? so really instead to me it's like yes yes absolutely show up as prepared as you can but always hone your ability to adapt and the only way you can do that is by putting your back against the wall in multiple situations all the time that's kind of like how i live my life and uh and this past year that's how i've lived my life and i've grown the most you know so mm-hmm. it's, it's a double-edged sword 100 don't get me wrong but um but yeah, man, it's uh you got to be willing to give it all, man. It really does come down to whatever it takes. You know how bad do you yeah. want it?
1: Yeah, you can't rely pure, for sure. You you have to, you got to be as ready as possible and, and win this under any conditions possible for sure, one hundred percent. Um, because yeah, like hopefully your coach. Can make it, but sometimes your coach can't, or sometimes people show up in crazy scenarios across the other side of the world, and it's just you, and you got to, uh, you know, it's you've seen it all, and that the show must go on. That's something that again, experience gives you confidence to be like, I've been in this scenario. Like I think um if you do hire a guy like Matt Gary, you know, like Chance does, Chance has been around the block. He's just setting him best possible scenario up. But if Gary Matt Gary doesn't show up. Chance is going to go to work. You know, that's the that's, oh, thing with Jamie. And you're right. We're like, I think some people who don't have the experience, if, you, if you're really nervous and, you're, uh, and you have a support team coming around you and that eases the tensions, which naturally it does. Because um, everything from like the night before and everything, it's kind of like you're going to fight a bully and your big brother's coming with you. All of a sudden, I got an older brother. So this is fucking, you know, so yeah. this is the way you grow up. All of a sudden, you, you walk a little bigger when your big brother's there. Everybody knows that it's the same deal. Right. But if he doesn't show, you still got to fight. Yep. You find that out. So there is like a little bit of, um, that's where if you're over-reliant on it and you're nervous and someone's coming and you're putting too much on that someone, it's like, listen to me, don't put too much on that. Someone like you're saying, where it's like you have to fight no matter what, this is yours. This is your fight to be had. Uh, so yes. Line yourself up with the best possible, but come hell or high water, when the wheels fall off, you're gonna hit that fucking stage and fight for your dream, huh? No, oh, don't absolutely. forget that. Don't forget that. And that's oh, where absolutely. you know. And and I know the mentality of what you're saying. We're like, good, get yourself whatever, and I'm gonna do the same. And because this is the standard, I'll meet the standard. But whatever the fuck happens, the you ships, know, <laughs> I'm I'm stepping on that platform. And uh, yeah, exactly. That's it's right. just, yeah, yeah, it's, it's all part of it, man. Um, Cause you could set up everything to set yourself up to succeed and some chips will fall. Some yep. things will fall out of place. And uh, that's when it's gut check time and some people are good and they still move forward. Some people, oh, well, fuck now the, everything's starting to turn against me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, Happens in training, man. Starts in training. It, it, we are in a unique position in this sport where you can practice exactly like how you'll play. Um, So, you know, I got fucked on depth at Worlds, whose fault is that? That's my fault. I missed weight at USVI, whose fault is that? That's my fault. I can practice like I play. You know, very rare will you find a situation in life where, don't get me wrong, there's outside variables, there's other things, you know, that are involved, like international travel and the food situation, language barriers, all this stuff, um, that for some reason, a lot of lifters that only stay in the US don't want to recognize or acknowledge. But regardless, um, despite all those variables, we have the unique situation where we can control as much as possible. Right. And Taylor Atwood, actually, you guys had a phenomenal podcast. Um, It was the one where him and Jason were on. And uh, I'm sure you guys have done multiple, but uh, I was listening to him talk, but he's like, everything down to the fucking chalk. Why don't you have your own chalk? And when I heard him say that, I was like, you know, you're fucking right, dude. Like, why wouldn't I have my own chalk? Why wouldn't I use the same chalk that I've been using in training that I can, you know what I mean? Like there's these little things you don't even recognize you can control and you can line up um, to work in your favor. Um, And again, and when you train, you know, you will have shitty sessions. How do you approach them? Do you keep going or do you just pack your bags and go home? You know, do you find a way? You know, like today I had a unique experience. I've never had it happen before, but um, I was doing so I had a top uh pause set on squats, a top double pause with like six eighteen or something like that. And then I had back downs, four by six, uh two count pauses with uh like five twenty-five, right? And um, on the third set, I started to pass out in the hole, and it's never happened to me before, but I started to pass out. So I started to fall forward and I was like, fuck. And then the bar, like I dumped the bar forward and um and I skinned the back of my head. It really isn't that, that bad. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's it's like a, scat. yeah, it's not that bad. But long story short, I'm thinking to myself like, fuck, that was a third set. I only had one more rep, but I passed and I didn't get to complete that rep. So to me, I'm like, okay, well, no stone unturned. So I did the fourth set, right? Because it was a total of four sets originally. And then I did a fifth set of six to make up for that one rep that I didn't get because I had passed out. And some people, like I've had people come up to me in the gym, you know, OGs in the sport, they're like, oh, that's stupid, you're going to get hurt, you're fucking retarded, that doesn't work. But To me, it's like, dog, man, I don't give a fuck. Like, if I'm not giving 110%, if I am not, if I make sure, like, you think about like a football field, right? I remember I used to play football. I played um, at Don Bosco Prep in high school and um, we used to have double sessions. We would run all the time. Coaches would send kids running laps, right? And you always knew, the attitude of a player as to whether or not they cut the corners right and it's so cliche but i would see it all the time i remember i'm like there's paint you can see the fucking edges right Mm. and yet some people would curve in just on the corners it's subtle man it's very subtle but that's that was like it's the same thing in powerlifting for me every there are going to be subtle things are you sandbagging your accessories oh well what does that mean well i don't know are you fucking sweating you know are you training (laughs) are you working hard are you sore you know there's there's these subtle ways that you can tell, am I cutting corners? And if the answer is yes, in any capacity, don't expect the result that you think you want, right? That's the same thing, you know, with me. And and again, like the proof is in the pudding, dude, if I don't, if I'm cutting corners on my nutrition or my water cut stuff, I'm going to get that result, right? So, um, so yeah, but 100%, I mean, you know, I don't know, to me, I, I think I am very naive to all the uh, all the all the ways that a powerlifter should be approaching the sport. Not necessarily.
1: Um, I dude. First off, I love that fucking, uh, sports analogy you gave like coaches doing that. And it, like, you know, what we say you cut corners, I actually never fucking, is that where the expression comes from?
0: I don't know, but I would imagine, I mean, <laughs> yeah. totally 100%. Uh, yeah. but that's amazing
1: to be like you cut corners and it's true. You kind of, it shows a little, just a little fucking indication. When yep. nobody's looking do you take the foot off the gas a little bit eh? hey ease up right. on yourself a little bit when no one's looking that's uh, everyone's in the room but you just don't think we're looking what happens when no one else is in the room and i think you're supposed to be doing your work how much confidence you got in that guy now right. with a guy who's never cuts a goddamn corner you come in in a saturday because you told him to come in a saturday he's alone and he's still not cutting there's yep. a different animal you know that's that's a whole nother deal and um yeah, man. I fucking, it's true, man. It is a, uh, there's when you do stuff like that to that level, you're a tough guy to beat. And that's why like, this is all part of it, man. All of this shit is just all, you're just putting all you just setting yourself up to win is what you're doing. Leaving no stone unturned, not cutting corners. You yeah. know, that is not cutting corners. That is the epitome of not cutting corners. What do I got to do? I'm fucking, then that's what we're going to do
0: yeah to you the don't. best of your ability man to the best of your ability that's how you get game day ready in my opinion you know i know I a love- lot of people that, that have this soft mindset and they wonder why like game day comes some people like it's a rare occasion i think for somebody to miss weight but i know some people who you know might miss weight and then not compete just go home i like know personally people who've done that and i'm not knocking that at all because i understand the feeling and it sucks it's a very gut-wrenching feeling you're very frustrated disappointed embarrassed um but that's the difference. That is the that decision is the fucking difference. That's it. You make that decision. You committed. You owe it to yourself, right? Those moments, those decisions happen every single day in training. Every set, every rep. Did you hold yourself accountable to depth, to pauses, to the... You know, it's it's always present. You know, you just got to rise to that standard. Um, and I've, every lifter I know that does that uh, has success. So,
1: yeah, uh, you know, a few things. I want to double back because you've said a couple good things. That I don't wanted to double back, and now I'm starting to remember. A Um, I don't know what the story is with the chalk, but fucking, uh, I think Lane Norton even jumped into my DMs after he heard that podcast and was like, when fucking Taylor said about the chalk, like it's true. Like he, he, you know, he gave me a couple of voice, uh, by the way, that Taylor podcast blew up. It's the biggest Kingless podcast we've ever had. Like the, and he fucking killed it. Jason killed it. Those guys murdered it. And when people listened to it, I think it got shared so much and people were going in because they, it's the mentality that you're describing about the so he's they will so not cut corners but the way they talked about their approach how they're like everything will be done you know everything will be done um we talk about as well how they were they were like i think he was like people make fun of me because i do like i come together. i have like four guys around me he's an rmt a dietitian programmer a handler he's got all this he's like because every everything needs to be done because he's doing everything. Taylor will do everything. So when he shows up, the confidence you have, it's kind of like the confidence you had when you're like, I missed a rep. I went back. I, had, I threw another set on there. Like, why? It's not because I need to feel that. I need to leave this session with a win, not a loss. I need that. It doesn't matter if you don't get it. But it what if this will do? No, what this will do for me positively is far better. I need to leave with a win. And and then, and proceed forward. And when I hit the platform, I need to think I've done everything. I can't think I cut any corners. You don't understand. I can't be that guy mentally. Once I identify myself as that guy and I gave myself an out, it fucking starts there and it's not going to stop. I can't. And I respect that. And even if it's like, this won't help. If you do one more set, it's like, but if it does mentally fuck it, do it, man, get up in the bar and you do you. I would thing. rather
0: I would rather do more and find out that it had no beneficial effect than do less and find out that that had a negative effect. There it is. You know, so
1: you got to live with it.
0: Plain and simple, hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's the beauty of this sport too. You know, you um, you live and die by what by what you do, not what you say you'll do. So, um, you know, and that's why there's so many posts that are like, well, this meet didn't go how I you know planned. I mean, it's a dime a dozen, right? Yeah. Um, I had one of those at worlds. You know, I got I got lucky in that. Um, my competition was fierce and they're phenomenal athletes, but obviously it's not the open style competition in the open. I would have placed third and what the fuck is third? If you're not first, nobody cares, you know? So, (laughs) and it's no disrespect to people who don't place first, but you know, unfortunately it's just the reality of sports and kind of why we all care so much about driving to be striving to be the greatest. And, you know, again, I, I do, I, I think there is value in holding yourself to a degree, a degree of accountability that others aren't willing to do. Um, and I think that that might be what makes the difference between, you know, like, look, dude, like Ashton, Bob Matthews, Brandon, like you're talking about top athletes now that like, these guys are all around the same edge. So what's going to, who's going to win? What decides that? I mean, you can talk about genetics and this and that, but like, no, it really comes down to like, who's holding themselves accountable. Who's staying disciplined, who's staying on program, you know, who's willing to adapt and evolve. It's just those little things, I believe, you know? Um, And when you get to that level, it it truly is about, well, okay, what, what makes the difference between these guys are these very, very small things. Mm. I thought that podcast was phenomenal, what that Taylor did, because he highlighted all of that. He brought in this idea, and I remember him talking about that, where it's like some people make fun of him. It's a profession, it's a, it's a certain level of professionalism, period, right? You come in with a, why does LeBron James, arguably, let's say one of the best basketball players of our time, why does he have a head coach? Why does he have a trainer? Why is he a nutritionist? Why does he have a skills coach? Why is it like, he's, he's supposed to be one of the greatest, right? Doesn't he know everything? It doesn't work like that, right? And so that's, that's what I, I really did appreciate because it changes your perspective. It's no longer this like, well, you know, I'm running a program and we'll see what I got on meet day. It ain't like that, you know? It, it truly is. Well, we're going to come in with a fucking army, right? We're taking a kingdom. We know this is going to be hard. So we're going to make sure we've got everything we can, you know, or we, we're going to make sure we have everything we can get. Um, so yeah, I th- dude, I thought that podcast was awesome. I mean, I feel like every podcast is really good. Um, but I really, really enjoyed the Taylor Atwood one, and it was a bit longer too, so it was cool. I really got to dive into everything.
1: Yeah, dude, it's a, uh, I remember, um, in the same conversation, he said he was talking about how he looks around and every year people like this is the year someone's going to beat Atwood, and um, he would look around at what other people were doing, and he, like, like Taylor's like Jason. Is so, you, you on the podcast talked about it for anyone who might not have. Jason is so invested in Taylor's progress. He will write his program, cater to Taylor, send it to someone in Australia with two PhDs of load management to review his work. He's getting peer reviewed by a guy with two PhDs to be like, review this for me. And and they will they will have a team and that's what they do, man. And they just like, when they show up, you know, they're, they're like so fucking ready. Yeah. Taylor's surrounded. He shuts off and does his thing. And it's just, um, they've left no stone unturned. And, and when Taylor's like, was talking about, like, I hear stories, this guy's going to beat me. Or this guy's the next guy, or it's going to be this year. And he's like, I look around and see what they're doing. And it's like, you guys haven't leveled up. Like yeah. I, you guys make fun of me. Like how many coaches does Taylor need? as many as it fucking takes for me to get 838.5 right. as a 74. Like as many as it takes for that. Like, like, are you, who's, ta- who's laughing now? You know what yeah. I mean? It's like a week of overboard. Sure. Sure. We like videoing every session and they throw it through analytics and they're everything. It's, it's a lot. Gotcha. Yeah. Sure. Check. But on the flip side, I got a whole team around me. Sure. 100%. But look what the fuck I've gotten out of my body is insane. And you yeah. never catch Taylor in a bad day slipping like that. He can be injured. He's human. But in terms of just like, you know, people dropping a ball and just like, like, they don't drop the ball. Something has to happen. Someone's got to get injured or something like that. It, it just doesn't, you know what I mean? Like it's, they're not, it's not going to be through negligence. You, Taylor doesn't make a post being like, I should have done this. I should have done that. I should have. No, I've done everything. Taylor yeah. hits. her. So he's like, I did it all. I got hurt and this happened or whatever the shit, but it's, you know, it's just different, man. It's that, that mentality that uh, a professionalism is, is kind of what you said when he was saying it's fucking tough though. eh? Yeah. it's because we're not like professional professionals, like, like, like a Kobe Bryant or, or, uh, you know, LeBron James or whatever. We're not at that level yet. So it's weird when, when, so people think it's funny when a guy like Taylor sees himself like that.
0: Yeah. And it mean, starts it's conducting it's a standard. Like That's what it is standard, man. You know, and everybody who's busy, like looking at you, pointing fingers at you, guess where they're not looking because they can't, they're not looking forward. Right. So fuck them. Like, go ahead. (laughs) You know, you can look at me all you want. You know, I'm looking at myself. Believe me, I'm laughing at myself just as much. You know what I mean? There's plenty of things that I'm fucking up and that mistakes I make things that, you know, everything's obviously clear. You have 20/20 vision vision when it's hindsight. Right. So like you can look backwards and be like, oh man, I could have done this. But it's not about that, man. It truly is about leveling up and moving forward. And I learned so much from that podcast. And I think, again, another snippet I think people can get from this is uh, take notes. Don't just like listen. Like if I listen to a Joe Rogan podcast with a guy like Andrew Huberman, who's talking about testosterone, sleep, all the cortisol levels, all these different things, I'm not just going to sit there for three hours listening to it mindlessly. I'm going to take some fucking notes and then I'm going to reference that or compare that to what I do currently and then see okay what what changes can be made what can I do based on what this man is saying to improve um everything that I'm doing currently right mm. um doing things like that dude that stuff matters man all these like little pieces really do matter if you want to be the best if you don't don't worry about it but if you do you're going to have to go the extra mile every single time that's the
1: big cavity at the end thank you yeah if you want to be like if you're, if you're like Gavin Aiden, Taylor Atwood, like you guys, your guys' mentalities, people are going to listen to this podcast, like listen to Taylor one, by the way, um, <laughs> like they're, what people are getting out, what you got out of the Taylor, people are going to get out of the way you talk, like you have the same mentality, but um, if, if that's, if that doesn't sound like that to you, or, or at least it's not you in this venture of power, that's fine, have fun, number one. Uh, Because you might be doing this in your fucking day job and your whatever the shit. There's a lot of things, right? It doesn't have to be all or nothing into powerlifting, but just recognize in every venture, if you're going to take something from somebody, if it's business or whatever the shit it is, if the other person is like Taylor Atwood doing what Taylor Atwood's doing and wants it as bad as that, where he's so fucking in that his peers that are at his level are like, what the fuck? you're not going to take it from him move on that's probably the biggest takeaway if you want something and he, that other person wants something and you find out they got the taylor atwood mentality of everything all in every aspect my it, that's how win i am you will be intimidated by that and be like well, i don't know if, i'm not going to have this he's probably going to take it from me <laughs> and yeah. that's business. That's whatever the fuck in life. Yeah. Probably you're not, the, the good, the good thing is you're probably not going to run into a guy like that very often. <laughs> so don't yeah. worry. But yeah. if you become that guy, that's where your confidence becomes like, I know Taylor carries himself, to be like, he's so fucking calm. He, he's arrogant. He's whatever the fuck, but He's kind of all in and earned that to a degree, huh? If we're in the powerlifting community, he's going to look at you and be like, okay, but are if I, if I
0: not earn this. It's not even that dude, it's just preparation expels all doubt, dude. So when you've been, I mean, he's been in the game. People think, I know kids like that are my age that talk about Taylor and they like act like he's my age, like he's 23. He's not fucking like he's been in this, you know what I mean? So he's had years of putting in those quarters every single day. And when you are putting in every fucking quarter every single day 365 like yeah you're gonna get results like taylor period you know and the reality is in this in this culture we compare right that's how we know the value of someone as an athlete or as a, we compare it to somebody else okay so when you do that and all the other athletes haven't only put in one fucking quarter every single day and he's been putting in four or five or fucking 10 right for years yeah like when you compare him to other athletes it's like yeah he, sh- he should beat russ he should come yeah. up to 93. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. <laughs> the dude could fucking do some damage, you know? So, and that, that is the reality of it. And I think, yeah, people do, people hold athletes on pedestals, man. A- Ashton and I are really good friends and we talk about this all the time because we have a similar mindset when it comes to this stuff. Like people will look at Ashton and think he's just some genetic anomaly, some freak. Um, And you know, some people think he's on steroids. Also the shit dude, man, see, and to me, and, and he knows that I don't mean any disrespect by this. In fact, this is a compliment he just grinds. He just works. He's not special. In my eyes, he just fucking works, right? And he bleeds the same way. He cries the same way. He's going to get hurt. Dude, the, the man is juggling a million different things. Taylor. Taylor is a family guy, right? Mm-hmm. He's a family man and he works a full-time job. So what's the excuse? You know what I mean? Like We can, we can start pointing fingers and talking about this and that, but at the end of the day, there's, there's a, a silver lining. There's a common denominator. What is it? I say it's mindset, but really, what we're talking about is exactly what we've been talking about this whole entire fucking podcast. Take care of the things you know you need to take care of, all in, right? Mm. And um, yeah, and that's that's the level I'm trying to get to, you know. And, and I believe that I believe that I have the ability to do that. Uh, it's just it's going to require me to evolve to level up.
1: It's there's there's almost in a sport that um you don't face off one on one like boxing or even like a basketball where the guy's going to take it from you, whatever how do you intimidate somebody then yeah. when you show up and all the work's already been done and you look across and you see Taylor, you fucking, there's nothing more intimidating than trying to go over something and actually gut checking being like, I didn't do everything he did. I don't right. want it. I don't want it as much as he did as he does. You know that though, huh? And when he looks at you, guess what? He sees the same thing. Yeah. He knows you didn't do everything he's done. He knows you don't want it like he wants it. That isn't, that's true intimidation is, is when you've done everything and more, and you know, like you look around the room, and like you, you guys think you worked hard. That's, that's what Taylor in that one post saying, you guys think you're close, but you got yeah, no idea. Yeah. You got no idea. Why was yeah. he that confident? And then when you hear the podcast afterwards, you're like, well, I guess you were that confident (laughs) well i guess you know this guy honestly
0: dude not to cut you off it's very similar to the russ noriega situation that happened with raw nationals like um i i think it was flex that was on the podcast uh i don't remember um if it was just him or but regardless everybody was like sean's gonna be Russ. sean's gonna be russ right i love an underdog story so i was rooting for sean for sure right russ fucking shown out like he went he went ball he went all in right and I remember Joey specifically saying, he was like, you know, believe it or not, like this gave Russ the fire he needed. He, and I, this is, again, this is, I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, but this is what Flex said. He's like, I hadn't seen Russ so dialed in since I think it was like Gibbs time. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I hadn't seen him on his nutrition, on his training, on the way that he was back then, you know? And like, that's, it just goes to show like, that's what it is. That's what it takes. That's why these guys are great you know, because they are all in, they dialed in. And Russ even made a post about that. I don't think it was after Worlds. I think it was actually right after Nationals where he was just like, he posted like the Avengers meme and it was like, whatever it takes. Like that was the theme for this for the entire team flex, that was the theme. And and you got to respect that. Like that is the reality of it. When, it, whatever it takes, go all in, you know? And that's, um yeah. And again, like I, I, I really do, man, dude, I just, I love that story. You know what I mean? Like I, the Mike Tyson method, you know, I train, with a mindset similar like, Tom Platt's, Dorian Yates, you know, Ronnie Coleman, like, this is, it's a different attitude, like, I don't even know what an RPE on an accessory is, you know what I mean, like, that's, it's that just kind of, like, fucking bone to metal, you're gonna do everything it takes to achieve what you've set out to, why, because you owe it to yourself, right, and that's, dude, it's as simple as that, man, and it's a beautiful, I think it's a beautiful, Oh, man it's just it's a not just the result but it's really the, the journey right it's just a beautiful journey to, to witness but also to, to obviously be a part of if you're the one that's putting your bone to the metal so dude
1: uh, first off that's an amazing quote i don't even know what a fucking rp an accessory is <laughs> give me i, I love that quote that is the most badass. Like <laughs> you're like, I'll be give me arm curls, I'll be here all fucking yeah. night. <laughs> you gotta cut the lights out and kick me out of the gym. But um yeah, no, for sure, dude. Uh it's 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 incredible seeing like very few people in life ever, the way you're talking right now, and and, and Taylor, there's some people who live and die and never gone all in on anything in their life. That's, that's the one. It's almost like a gift. Russ says, Russ said in this, and I don't know if he, he, he took the quote from somewhere, but this is where I got it from. This type of pressure is a gift. Some people complain about this shit. Some people are like, okay, I don't like the pressure. I don't like whatever. Okay. Whatever. It's a fucking gift that people give a shit. People care and everybody's looking at you. It's a gift that you're relevant. Um, You know, it's a gift. People are drawing inspiration from this. It's a gift. This type of pressure is a gift, and very few people in life will deal with that. Will have that, and very few people in life in anything will go as all in and committed as the way you're talking, like Taylor and them, led, and that kind of mentality. Just fucking feel what it feels like to go all in and just give yourself to something. What would happen? What would happen if you took anyone, sat them down, and be like? What is the goal of yours, a dream or whatever? Fucking be an actor, a business, whatever the shit it is. You just, whatever you're saving money, you want, you're saving up to get a house in this fucking climate or whatever it is. The problem is, what if I sat you down and you had, it was your everything, it was your entire focus. It was everything. It was like, like we're talking now, you went all in what could you accomplish if you fucking took someone and they like just, and you'd burn out if you did this your whole life, but just like for one thing, just once, I want to know what it feels like. What would I, what could I do? And just, I pick one venture, one thing. And I just want to fucking go as all in as some of these guys that I've heard talk go all in. Wow. What could I do? That's the beauty. That's the beauty. that's, That's the scary thing.
0: What you're describing is my job. That, that is literally my job. Like through content, when I meet people, that is all, I say the same thing. I've been saying the same thing since way before I ever even started powerlifting as I do now. The only difference is more people listen, right? Like that's the same thing. It's, it's the message. It's a hundred percent. It's like, you guys have no idea how great you can be, how much fucking raw potential you have. The only difference between you and I is I believe in myself. That's it. That's the only difference. It's something you're completely in control of. Um, yeah, man, it's fucking, it's insane. And that's why I think, it bothers me that top athletes don't talk about this shit more. I think podcasts like this give people the opportunity to do so. Um, and I hope athletes take advantage of these opportunities. Um, but I was, I was so happy when Taylor you know, put out that podcast and spoke the way he spoke like, yeah, I could rub some people the wrong way. But um, at the end of the day, man, he's being raw. He's being himself. And I fuck with that. Right. Because it's something where it's like, all right, well, not only am I, do I get to witness somebody who's, leading by example, not just saying he's going to be the best, but actually is the best. But now I get to hear his mindset. I get to hear him, right? Who Mm. is he at his core? I get to learn from that and adapt to that. And like when I was a kid, dude, I was always thinking like Arnold, I was thinking about all these different people that not that I idolized, but people that I wanted to emulate people that I wanted to be like, and I would take specific qualities from each individual, create this ideal self. And that's what I would want to rise to. Well, you can't do that if you don't learn from these people, if you don't actually get to hear them right? Arnold's got a million and one videos out there. I get to literally, he gave a lecture, I have notes on my big whiteboard of the five steps it takes to become successful, right? Yeah. And I've listened to that lecture a million times. If Taylor never gave that podcast, I don't get to listen to that, right? I don't get to hear him say that. So it bothers me when like top athletes, you know, yeah. either think they're too cool for it, or think it, it rubs, it, you know, it dulls their edge or some shit if, they, if they're transparent with, with their fans or with, you know, people in the sport um, about their process, their journey, their mindset. But it's huge, man. It's absolutely vital. And and it's cool because like, then you can take a look back and be like, Oh, how did you get there? Oh yeah. That's fucking how, you know? And then you see that common denominator and then, you know, okay, well, if I want to get there, this is what I need to do. So.
1: Yeah. It would be like, Oh, I probably never gone all in like that in anything in my life. That's yeah. probably fact for sure. Look at genetics help for sure. But at that top level, they all have genetics, right? Like all of them are genetically inclined for sure. We've weeded that out before, by the time we get there, it's just a genetic freaks. So, and, and again, it looks like you throw sports out the window. When have you ever gone on all in on anything in your life like this
2: yeah. ever? That's what, Man. That's, that's what I was thinking is like, okay, so you're not the, the best athlete. Like, can you be, you know, the best coach in the world, or can you be the best meat director in the world? Or if you go outside of powerlifting, can you be the best at your, your specific job at, in the world? Like it doesn't have to be like, Oh, well, you know, I don't have long arms for, for a big Della, whatever like that. Well, what about the other things you're doing in your life?
1: Yeah, dude, if you're starting a business and people like, yeah, I just wasn't getting off the ground or whatever the fuck your venture is in life. If you wanted it, if you wanted it like that and you were like willing to go through, like that you were reorganizing your entire life for it. You bring a team around you. That's another humble thing is you bring in a team around you. Dude, you can't do it all when you recognize that. That's another thing that the younger me didn't know, older me knew is like fucking this is this is why reaching out to a guy like Arian. I'm not Arian Kamessi, man. Fucking this dude is this what he knows about powerlifting in terms of like meat directing, um, as a ref, as a coach, handling, you know. But I, I got my own assets, and Arian's not six pack lavatar. We put a fucking team around you, man. You know what I mean? Like, you can't be everything some yep. people ego wise it it takes a certain level of maturity that i didn't have previously and i would try to be everything or just pretend i had it, all the answers until being like let me fucking let me reach out let me build my team when you got a team we kind of said this earlier but we go in deeper when you got a team it also gives you confidence because you're like, I am not alone in this, man. I surrounded myself to win, to succeed. And I have the ability to reach out. I, I fucking have that. Some people can't, man. They just aren't good at building bridges. They just, that's an asset as well. You know, Or just recognizing when you need to, or recognizing when there's a hole and just recognizing I need to cover this hole and I'm not the guy to do it. So you bring people in. If, the, if you're, whether you're an athlete and I think we're talking about LeBron James had all these people or whether you're running a business or whatever it is, recognize this isn't my expertise. I'm going to fucking bring someone in that is, though, and we're going to grow. You know, I'm going to build a team around me. I'm going to build an army. i I'm going to come in with an army. It's not, you might just see me, but it's not just me. You know what I mean? That's where a lot of confidence comes from. It's, yeah. it's so much easier to sort things out. Everything in life, bro. Shit hits the fan in life. I have a support team for you know, like in so many different ventures um yeah. and arian's one of them in this one but like you know it's uh it's important man these are all pieces that help someone's confidence as well to be yeah. like i'm good i can go in and no oh, so many people don't go like more people will live and die having never gone in on anything it's that's the beautiful thing is just to see and then afterwards you're like your confidence is so much hard to rattle after that when people are like i don't think you could do this i don't think you know right now i couldn't but i bet you i could level up if i had to yeah. I'm not saying I'm willing to, but I'm just saying, well, fine. we could leave it at that. But in, in my heart of hearts, I know because I have before. There's a beautiful thing of having done it once, at least being like, I fucking know if I had to level up and dig deep, you yeah. would, you would look at me the same way. Some people look at Taylor and be like, if I want that and you want that, I will go sleepless nights. I will fucking organize myself. I'll organize my life. I will put together a team and let's see if my team beats your team. Fucking buy and, and you know what I mean. That's that's scary yeah. when someone digs in like that and be like, ah well, if you aren't willing to do that on this, I am. You know, yeah, then it's like absolutely. okay, well, check, re- think it, think it. Maybe you got other things going on in life and you can't go in on that, yeah. you know. Well, then you better give it up,
0: right? Hey, you just need the audacity, man. You just got have the audacity, audacity to dare to do it, man. It's 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 that simple, and people can some people can credit it to insanity. You kind of have to be a little insane to go this far, right? And some people can just kind of look at it as genius, right? I guess the two are kind of synonymous at this point. But regardless, you have to have the audacity. And no matter where it stems from, if you dare to be great, then naturally, all these things will come together. And like, when you talk about building a team... One of the biggest things is you have to recognize like, okay, again, the bigger picture, what is this for? Is this just about me or am I doing this? Does a rising tide raise, raise all ships, right? So am I trying to support other people? And when you support other people, you'll find that a team will naturally start to form around you, right? And when you attract, when you start to become great, you start to achieve things, you start to attract that energy, right? Um, bums attract bums, right? Like if I'm a, if I'm a loser, if I'm a schlep, if I, if I don't do anything and I don't pursue my goals and, and I kind of just hang around all day and like, do you really think you know f- Taylor Atwood wants to have a conversation with me? Yeah. Do you really think that King of the Lifts wants to have a conversation with? No, right? I'm nobody, and 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 that's that's kind of the um, well. I think it's it's the cold truth, right? A lot of people don't like to hear that because it's it can be a little unsettling. But yeah, man, like Andy Frisella from First Form, I'm not a huge, huge fan of him anymore, but um, he used to really be somebody who motivated me a lot. and I listened to his podcast. Um, and that's one thing he says. He's like, you know what, the quickest or the best way to, to make it to the top, be the fucking best at what you do. If you're the best at what you do, and you're a leader in your game, in your industry, the best coach, the best hand, people will come, the money will come, everything will come. It's not easy, but it's simple, right? Um, and that's, that's it, man. Like th- there is no, there is no guarantee. Like winning is unforgiving. It does not give a fuck how much you suffer, how much you sacrifice, how much you bleed or sweat. It doesn't, it doesn't care at all. It's completely impartial, but that's what makes it beautiful. Because you know that if you do win, it was on your own accord, right? It was because you were willing to go all in. Yeah, I encourage everybody to go all fucking in, man. On and, and everything. And I I think Arian hit a beautiful point that it has to do with more than just your powerlifting. Right. It's something that can absolutely be replicated into every single area of your life, everything from your relationships, relationships with your children, to marriage, to your job, everything, you know, and that's, again, there's, um, there's a comfort in knowing that it's hard. It's not going to be easy, but it's possible and possible is all we need.
1: Monitor the people around you is a huge one for sure. Yeah. You know, one, I, it, there's another thing. The older I got, I you have friends that you had in high school and shit, early twenties, and then you got friends later on, and uh, but maybe not you're more, you're more mature than I was, but like um later on, you're like this person is like a negative influence. Like they're not bringing in anything positive. Like we said in terms of like growing in certain ways or whatever, like they're a negative influence. Like when you hang around them, you almost feel it too. Like you're like. Oh, I don't know, man. You know what I mean? Like we're around each other through yeah. proximity because we have a past, but I don't know if you're that. You're. We're not going to. If I'm going all in on something or whatever, just period. Just you're not a positive person like that. Like, like yeah. influence wise. Yeah, you, you know gotta what I mean?
0: Keep an eye out for that, man. I, the most, dude. I have. Oh man, the the most I've leveled up is truly because people have entered my life that are better than me in in some way, uh, more successful than me in some way, and I have been able to learn and grow from grow, grow with them and learn from them. Um, it's I cannot stress that enough, dude. That is huge. Finding people that, um, that are simply just more successful than you. And it could be in any facet. Maybe they're just happier than you, you know, maybe they just enjoy life. Dog, I give a million dollars for that. Right. I mean, and that's, that's it, dude. That's the key. It, it really is about that. And then you'll, because you don't notice it, but you will be the same, you'll play that same role in somebody else's circle in somebody else's life later down the road, you know? Um, and, and that's just how it works. You know, it, it's one hand reaches down for the other, you, you pay it forward, but, uh, yeah, dude, I can't, Man, I mean, one of my best, best friends now, we're super, super close. Um, probably the closest friend I have as of right now. Um, you know, John Rondy, who's he's big in social media, but uh, totally different industry. And, um, you know, and I've just being around him, you know, I grow in, in, in way, more ways than I can count, you know, so it's incredible. It really is. And it, it ties right back into what we we're talking about earlier in the podcast, where it's like, you know, the moment it feels scary, dive in, it is scary to meet new people, it is scary to introduce yourself, it is scary to fly somewhere just to network, you don't know a single soul, you know, I don't know anybody at the Arnold you know, but the idea is like, well, but when I leave, I'm going to know somebody, you know, and that's, and that's the goal, you know, And, and you're doing it in a way that's genuine in a way that you want to impact people, you want to bring value to people. Same thing when I go to brands, and when I talk to other businesses, it's not like, hey, this is what I want from you. It's like, hey, I appreciate what you're doing. And I think that I can add a little bit more value to the success you guys have already created. That's the pitch. And it's the genuine pitch, like, but that is the message. It's like, hey, you know, I truly do believe that I am an asset to you. Let me show you how. Let me show you why, right? And then it goes from there, and it's the same thing with every other relationship. So so yeah, who you surround yourself with is fucking huge.
1: For sure, that's, I mean, why that's
0: why I'm grateful to be on here with you guys, man. No, that,
1: that's why I fucking told you. First off, I'm, it's going to be impossible for me to find sound bites in this because there's too many. It's a fucking god. It's a three-hour sound bite. Okay, we got a three-hour sound bite. Like I don't know what am I going to do here. Um, but anyway, maybe we should get an hour and just try to divide and conquer. Yeah.
0: But um,
1: also, one percent The people you surround can impact your day for sure so yeah like if you're just around somebody you just kind of like fucking you start taking on their traits too if you hang around certain people with certain traits you start taking on their traits and their way of thinking and when problems come they're like relax let's do this and then you're like fuck this kind of works and all of a sudden you start adopting these traits it's true uh that's that's definitely true and then um another thing oh yeah and in terms of the win-win fuck man always approach with a win-win you know how many times it's king of lips, people approach and it's always just what i could do for them or what i could it's almost never a win-win and then you know what i mean it's like listen take it easy man this is yeah. all only me doing favors giving like this side or the other not everybody but like there are some people there are certain relationships it's all that or it's just like what can i get what can i get here what can i get there what can i whatever the shit it's like that's fine because this is part of the goal that i set out for on the flip side um you know it's nice every now and then if someone comes in with a win-win type of attitude as well be like let me help out as well you know if i reach out or whatever the shit say less help out a little bit people appreciate because people start recognizing you know all right you you're quick to take a lot but you like this is pretty one-sided so you know what i mean you yeah. recognize it. And sometimes you're just like, fuck it, whatever. I set a course and it's not about what I get back. But sometimes some people get like cop entitlement out with you. We're like, God damn, man, you haven't done nothing for me ever. Like, yeah. like no. you know what I
0: mean? Like, Lack of self-awareness is a killer. It's, yes.
1: It's like my dude, it's been years, man. You haven't done much for me and you're mad
0: at me. Like, <laughs> Can we start fuck? naming names? Can we? <laughs> yeah, well, first off, Bill McCarthy
1: <laughs> is a oh, fucking... <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyways but um and also one last thing because we're getting real close we're getting we're getting like seriously are rolling on three hours but uh um when you said people were like why did you go usvi let me just say thank fucking god you did bro you chance jonathan and gustav at the world championships is a fucking movie if we're doing a netflix movie i i n- I envision all you guys converging for the world title. And I have any one of you guys could win. Gustav Headland won the junior worlds and out totaled the open. The guy's a freak. He's that guy. And he's, and he's capable chance. Jonathan, you say less, we've already done it, but all you guys converging for the whole meat and potato, the world title. That is what it is all about. That is the story you tell your kids to be like, yeah, these were all world champions. You know, um, it's, it's fucking crazy. You, Jonathan, and Gustav are all world champions. And then Chance fucking is an absolute phenom what he's doing with it, the biggest deadlift. He has the single biggest feat of strength we've seen in a 93 kilo class. Yeah. Okay, so period. So in terms of historical relevance, it's amazing. And for you guys to clash, it's literally flip a coin. People are going to be like, oh my God. And you all have this killer attitude.
0: Yeah. You're all talking. Well, I mean, according to uh, according to Rory, I'm suspected to not win, but it's okay. We'll, we'll see. What, <laughs> oh. we can... what did Rory say? What did he say? He's, I don't remember. He's been listening.
1: <laughs> what did Rory say? It's on just...
0: the uh, – the, no, I don't mind. Uh, on the power rankings, the men power rankings, honestly, I, I did not – I don't think my oh. name should ever even be mentioned in that um, because I'm not there yet. But, yeah, he had me at number five. Um, but one of the things he said, he's like, you know, I suspect he won't win, uh, but I think he'll put on a show. And then, uh, yeah, so.
1: Well, I mean, look at it. Um, when you're that tight, like literally it's gonna half a kilo between you guys. Like, like the winner will probably be like winning by a chip or type shit. Mm-hmm. It literally is flip a coin. It literally is like, if, if he says you don't win, he's saying you lost by half a kilo.
0: You know what I mean? Oh, like this yeah, is, dude, this, no, I, this don't is think, I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. of, nobody has, this is big, you know, nobody has any responsibility or obligation to believe in me, support, you know, none of that. Like, that's, And it's not even, it's he doesn't not believing you.
2: He
1: thinks you're world-class. It's more, uh. It's like fucking, it's literally the hair. Yeah, it's a
0: game of inches, bro. It's the hair. It's like, it's,
1: when you're talking eight, like 900 kilo, half a kilo is like, we're talking like, you don't believe in Gavin? No, I fucking think Gavin, (laughs) I think any of these guys could win at any moment. We're talking a fucking fine hair on there. We're talking like, if it, if we're talking this guy got the pole last and he could just throw half a kilo. You know what I mean? Like, this is like, this is, it's crazy, man. This is what sports is. Um. Yeah. Fuck, I, was, I can't wait, dude. I can't believe I'm commentating it. Go ahead, Aaron.
2: I, I was just going to say, possibly uh Sasha Stenderbach from Germany who has the world record deadlift could be there as well. So that's an, another guy from another country.
1: I knew there was someone we were missing internationally. Look, but, it happens every fucking time at the world championships. People pop up out of nowhere because it's like Germany, you know, get all the heat. Sasha's got the biggest deadlift. We. Sasha's got a fucking monster deadlift and he's capable and he's coming as well. And he's going to be pushing into the to the late 800s with this total. And um, yeah, fuck, thank you, sir. I, I,
2: I was also gonna add with the whole uh, USVI thing, the, the thing I thought of is like, it's funny how, like, years ago, everyone's saying, like, oh, U.S. has the best lifters. Like, our lifters would get top three at Worlds. Too bad we can only send one person. Now you have this path where you can send some through USVI and some through Power of the America. And they're like, oh, it's a cop-out. They're going to USVI. It's like, well, what do you want? Do you want the top three guys at Worlds? Yeah. Or do you only want one guy and everyone has to compete at nationals and only the top guy goes? No, man, I
1: yeah. like this. I'm talking I – like, I want this. I want more Americans there if we can get more Americans there in the rest of the world is, is doing nutty things all over the world. Now What we've seen with the French and, and yeah. British nationals, like it's getting crazy. Let's stack it. I am. The, oh, yeah, I am I agree. The worlds is the end game. I want it at worlds. The worlds is, is like where everyone in the world converges. I am like, if we, if America can send a and B team fucking let's go, let's oh, go. hundred
0: percent. Yeah. And if you, dude, Fuck. you're talking about, you want the, the battle of the best. Yeah. So why wouldn't you, it, it makes no sense to me. I don't know. I, it, it, I understand it from the perspective that some of these people have and they see it as a loophole and they see it. But yet the same people who are talking that, are totally fine with some of what I see as like the loopholes in normal, like competitive standards of like, you know, protesting another lifters lift, you know, like there are simple things like that, that to me is like, well, it's kind of like a loophole. What do you mean? You put up a hundred bucks and like, that's so asinine to me. It doesn't make sense, but these things exist. Those same people that were, that didn't like me because of my mouth and the way that I talk and the way I approach these things, you know, had something to say about this stuff. I think it's when it suits them, it's, it's cool. When it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, and that, that I think a lot of these people too, are a little bit biased, obviously towards, um, uh, USAPL and, and, and all that. And I totally understand why, and that's fine. And there's no shade to them. But again, I, I think, I think the problem is, so if you really, really break it down, right. Logically, it doesn't, it did not make sense for me to do PA, not even like remotely. And this is something that I I really did consider because I'm a patriotic person. I want to wear the red, white, and blue. Um, I also don't want to run from competition. I don't want, that's not me. Right. I want to go head on, but again, you have to, you have to understand like, well, what's more important, you know, golden glove or, you know, like a, an amateur boxing match. Right. So again, to me, it's like, I now have 15, I have a 15 week prep, bro, 15 week prep for fucking worlds. Chance and, and Kaiko will have at best six to eight weeks, depending on whether or not they deload post PA or anything like that. Right. So you, just from that alone, you have to ask yourself like, Hmm, you know, I wonder what's the more logical, like, come on, you know, it's just little things like that. I don't know. I think that ultimately, um, I'm, the sport's not perfect. I think that uh I I personally am all for having more competition at the world stage. I don't care if it's America, I don't care if it's other countries. Bring every country and I I want the most amount of competition possible. That way when I win it's undeniable. That's my mindset. If you have chance there, then you have chance there. If you've got Kaiko, if you have got everybody you can fuck like fine, dude, you know I'm I'm all for it. Um so yeah, I I am in the same boat as you, dude. I uh the more competition, the better, because then it can't be argued. And that's something Ashton told me too. Ashton was like, yeah, I think maybe eventually I'll go IPF, but um, he wants to go, he wants competition. He wants the best competition. And I guess, you know, he feels like with IPF, there may not be as much as if he, you know, stayed USAPO. Um, and you have to respect that, you know, his, in his mindset, at least the way he, he said it to me at the Arnold was like, look, man, I just, I want the best competition. If I win against people that aren't competitive, you know, comparative to me, then what the fuck, why does it matter? You know, and that's that's kind of a similar mindset that I adopt is I, I if it's a world championship, it it's gotta be a true world championship.
1: True. Anatoly would be there though. So that he does have competition, yeah. but that's no, okay. Anatoly we'll put a pin in a fucking that animal. He won't be there this year because obviously he's in Ukraine right. and fucking whatever it is, what it is. But um uh what was I gonna say though? No, but dude, for in terms of the, the world situation, uh with USA or whatever, nobody this is just like side stories, people are bored talking. When Worlds rolls around and you four are about to take the world stage, nobody's going to give a fuck. Everyone's going to tune in and be like, holy shit, it's about to happen. And nobody will be like, well, Gavin dodge Coppa. Well, actually, no, he's like, (laughs) they're about to converge. Titans are about to clash on this platform. There's no dodging. Nobody's going to give Gavin a world gold medal without beating all of those guys at the same time. So don't worry about that. Don't worry about Gavin cannot reach his goal without beating all those guys. There's no if and buts about it. Uh, so it's going to happen. It's inevitable. Just it happening at Worlds is going to be amazing. And then when it's done, you get a gold medal around your neck, having defeated everybody we just said. Nobody's going to say. What can anybody say? Right. There's, that's, yeah. it.
0: that's it. That's it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I just need a handler first. <laughs> well, well let's
2: play. Hey, We got time.
1: We got time. We got eight weeks or whatever, ten weeks, right?
2: <laughs> gotta, gotta drop that. Anyone who's still listening, and then the podcast stop or still <laughs> That's right. That's right. Slide into That's- his DMs.
1: We'll, we'll we'll get it sorted. We'll leave no ship unturned or whatever.
2: Uh rock unturned. No ship Ro- unturned. Ro- <laughs>
1: what the fuck? Front- rock it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Ryan's like, I got you the world's when the whole world was falling apart. I'll get yeah. you a handle. Don't it. worry. I
1: got you. I got you. Relax.
2: Uh,
1: I'm on the phone with Matt Gary as soon as we done this. Um, but yeah, he's like, Well, I got a chance. This is kind of, you're putting me in a bad spot here. Yeah, this is tricky. But, uh, <laughs> but, anyways, listen, man, I appreciate you coming on here. We are for real closing in uh, three hours. This is a fucking phenomenal podcast. We got to do it again. As soon, can I say something? As soon as you came on and started talking, I shit you not. I was like, I fucking miss this kid. And I needed this. And <laughs> We needed this because we had this obviously on the podcast, but then we had it when we were at Worlds and it was like, and we go in DMs and shit. It's not quite the same as, as talking in real life, but we got to do this again, my man. Um, Obviously we got PA Nats coming. We got Worlds coming up. So at some point before Worlds and then fuck it, when Worlds comes, Playboy, please. Let's exactly get your right. lifting out the way. And let's do, let's do our damn thing. I was,
2: I was Absolutely, man. If, if you get this number one, uh, this episode, the new number one downloaded episode, maybe we get them on every month. <laughs> every hey, month. bro. I'll
0: push this on TikTok. I'd love to. I'd yeah, fight
1: fine, fine. You got a million sound bites. I mean, it's, it's you got a million sound bites on here. Um, I was
2: going to say, since he brought the TikTok before you sent him away. Uh, do you want to mention your accounts as far as like Instagram, TikTok, and then your sponsors and uh, what's this free ebook that you got? Different things like that. Yeah, man, for yeah. sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. First, I mean, again, I said this to, to kick things off, but I would not feel comfortable leaving without saying it again. I am extremely grateful for the opportunity to speak with you both. Um, even, I know it sounds really corny, but even just to be in the presence of you both, um, it, I learned so much from you guys. I'm inspired by you guys a ton. And I think you guys do phenomenal things for the community and for people. I think you guys, you guys are so big now, especially that you may not see Maybe you do, but you may not see like there are kids, there are people listening to you guys that will come up to me, let's say at the Arnold and be like, man, dude, you're on King of List podcast, like Ryan and Eric, like they're all such cool dudes. Like they've really inspired me to get into powerlifting. Now we're talking about a kid who could potentially become the next Taylor Atwood, right? And it all starts here with you guys. And I think you guys, the bigger you get, it's probably harder to see the minutia and see that, you know, the, the little impacts you're making, but you guys really are you know, sending, a you're just dropping a massive boulder in the ocean and the ripples are just going out for miles and miles and miles. So I hope you guys recognize that. Um, but uh, yes, thank you so much for having me on in terms of socials and stuff. Uh, TikTok is GA training. I believe we actually on my birthday, we hit 400k, which is pretty cool. Um, Holy that was, shit, uh, yeah, dude, that was a pretty a big goal. Mo- you're a
1: fucking <laughs> monster.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you're a beast,
1: dude. That's amazing. I've been amazing. I've been very blessed.
0: Yeah, I've been very blessed with my community on there. Um, and of course, you know, and hope to to continue to grow on there. Uh, Instagram is just Gavin underscore A D I N. Um, and then beyond that, man, like I'm trying to get more on YouTube, but we'll see. Um, first we got to focus on this world championship. But uh, yeah, so I mean, that's pretty much it. I have a link in my bio that has everything there. The only two companies that I've allowed to sponsor me is Raw Gear and SBD as of right now. Um, SBD, obviously I I fucking love them, Um, but you guys can check that out in my link. And then uh, Raw Gear is pretty awesome too. Uh, They got a new drop coming. They do new drops every month, but you guys can check that out there as well. And then, uh, yeah, that free training ebook is a mindset ebook still stays consistent, man. I wrote that shit way before I even competed at junior worlds. And actually, if you read it, it's cool because it's like, it's pretense, right? It's like, I will become a world champion. This is the goal. This is good. And then it happened. Right. And so yeah. it's, it's, it's cool to see. So yeah. And that's, that's completely free. So all that stuff is there. You guys feel free to reach out to me, DM me. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll always try and get back to everybody. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate everything.
1: Friggin'. uh your ebook at the end of Arnold's first Testament in 1980, he says at the end of it, he's like, I know this is crazy. I'm just a bodybuilder, but the last page, he goes, I want to be the number one box office in, in, in Hollywood. I know I got a crazy accent. People make fun of me. They can't even pronounce my last name. And I look like a freak and no leading men look like me. And I, and I'm so hard to understand, but this is what I want to do. I also want to get into politics. And he goes, I know this sounds crazy, but it is what it is. And these are my goals. And that's 1980. And then now it's like
0: crazy your,
1: your book. That's why whatever it's the same mentality type deal. Also um, in terms of everything you want to do in life later on, when you're like, I think I told you this last time, but when you say like, I'm a world champion, I was a powerlifter. How good were you? I was a world champion. Say less. You don't have to explain to me much more. If I'm a powerlifting fan, I know who Keiko is. I know who these people were, but if I'm not, when you meet these Hollywood people and do all your thing, that's what a fucking world title does that's the significance i know what a world title means in every sport and you were a world champion good you're not going to get me to learn powerlifting and who these people were because it's a tv producer he doesn't care but he'll know that he'll know that he'll know you know you don't have to get into any more than that that's the special piece of being a world champion undeniable and another thing my man, Arian's got to get better at taking a compliment. He couldn't even fucking make eye contact as you're giving us. He's all like, like yeah. my man came up. He's got, we got to talk here. Yeah, you You weren't loved enough. What's going I got,
2: on? I got a camera here. I got your guys' screen here. I got a separate screen here with Gavin's uh, Instagram bio link. I got a screen over here, not another laptop. Open up, open IPF. I'm looking everywhere, man. I got my corner
1: here. here. I'm cornering him in Austin and where I'm going to fucking give him a heart to heart to make him so uncomfortable. Look at me in the eye, son. And don't break away first. Are you guys, going gonna,
0: out, you guys are going to PA.
1: I'm commentating, man.
0: Oh, I'm, fuck I'm yeah. doing the
1: media for a PA dog.
0: Fuck. Yeah. I'm thinking about going. So I should listen, be
1: listen, Gavin, I'm coming into your DMS real quick. Uh, Cause like we got some work to do, but, but, um, but <laughs> I'm coming to PA. Um, I'll be there every single day. Arian will be there every single day. And, uh, dude, if, yeah, if you come to PA, let me know, uh, Sweet. let, let me know faux show because, uh, yeah, <laughs>
2: maybe, was, maybe, maybe you can hop on, uh, with Ryan for the commentating, or maybe just like a post post uh, fight interview or something. <laughs> oh, we,
1: yeah. we, I'm down. We, yeah. Let me talk. Let me talk. I don't know what the schedule is. Um, you know, working with SPD who's doing the live stream. And, uh, so they're the ones actually bringing me in for this and, um, I know we've asked some people, but fucking, I would love to get you in. I didn't know you're going to be there, though. but if you yeah, are, I, I haven't there,
0: booked flights, but I'll do. I'll do okay. it tonight. I don't care. Yeah.
1: Let me. Uh, yeah, if you're interested, we're, let's talk offline and, and, and pursue this, and let me see what's up. But no matter what, yeah, keep, let me know if you're going to be there. Fuck yeah, my man. The the boys are back. But, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's gonna be some wild nights. All right, everybody. Peace until next time. Thank you guys.
0: See Thank you guys.